Hey everybody, it's episode 385 of PodQuest. Hey! It is Wednesday. Almost New Year. Yeah, that's true. Uh, It is Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Hi. How you guys doing? Pretty good. Having your brain poked isn't really fun. What? Oh, they're not that bad. I started to tear up on the first nostril, okay? Oh, don't be a, a, it. Don't it be a baby. A uh, apparently, it's a shock that I've only had one COVID test in the two years, which was today. Yeah, no, I've had like four. They're not that bad. I've never been tested. I've never yeah. had to be tested. Where did you go to get tested? Uh, right, right down the street. So d- are they drive through testing? Yeah, drive-thru, so, and it's, unfortunately, it's, um, not rapid. There's nowhere available that can do rapid right now, because it's all booked mm-hmm. up. So, I, I could have waited a few days to get rapid, or wait a few days to get my test results back. That You'll are probably get these back tomorrow. Uh, maybe, they have to send them out to a lab, so I, I might get them out, to, I might get them tomorrow. Honestly, Worst case you'll, you'll probably get, oh shit, no, it's a holiday. So yeah, if you don't get them tomorrow... It might not be until Monday, but I've never done the rapid ones, and I usually get them within a day or two at the most. Yeah. They said two to five days, so... Yeah, that's I, what they... I, I have... If if they don't even start it or try to process it until tomorrow, it shouldn't take more than a day for them to process it, and they'll just email me. I don't know. I'm hoping I get it tomorrow morning or, so I... or like early afternoon. I think they because... do multiple like pickups a day because... Mm-hmm. Like, the last time we had to get them after New York Comic Con, I think, or no, Anime NYC back in November, like, we got tested on a Sunday, and we both had our results by Monday evening. Yeah, I'm just, I'm hoping, I'm, I was supposed to go hang out with someone tomorrow, um, and I, for the listener's sake, for anyone listening, I feel fine, I am fully vaccinated and boosted, um, so, I, but I had exposure to someone who has since tested positive, so this is all a precaution. What? I, when were you exposed? Uh, Friday night. I was I was around them for about an hour, uh, and since then they have developed symptoms. So it's just more of a just in case, who knows type yeah. of type of deal. Like I, most likely, they were all asymptomatic when I was there. So the fact that they're all vaccinated and asymptomatic, and I'm vaccinated, really, really slim chance that I caught it at all. Um, but I just, I, I want to be sure, uh, since I was with family the next day on Christmas day. I mean, I'm, who knows if maybe you're the one that passed it along to them. That's the thing. I, I, I could be because I, I, like, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> feeling any symptoms or anything though. I was asymptomatic myself. So if I am the one who passed it on to them, like, you're, that's just you're like, going to feel terrible. Oh, I, like I said earlier, it's not the first time I got that entire family sick. Why do they even invite you over anymore? <laughs> it's you know I I invited myself over to drop off Christmas gifts. Um, there is a United States Parcel Service for that. <laughs> two blocks down the street from me, I am not mailing a gift. I mean, let's also be fair. They also have kids, <laughs> have kids, who, and from like my general group of people that I know, everyone that's been getting sick, it's because they have kids. Oh yeah, yeah no, they schools have... are terrible right now. Yeah, they have they have a um, let's see, thirteen years old. They have a thirteen year old and a one and a half year old, and the thirteen year old I believe has been he has been vaccinated. So it's just who knows what happened. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so, but 
I, I just, I know for, for a fact that in certain parts of Pennsylvania, uh, one of my clients was telling me this. If a child is exposed to somebody with COVID, mm-hmm. they do not get an excused absence or the ability to work or to like do like remote school really? until they also test positive. Like one of my clients, like he was working remotely because his wife had tested positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, I had a call with him. And he he's like, yeah, no, my my kids had to go to school today. Like they are they they're not allowed to do remote school, and it's an unexcused absence right now if they take time off. That that is fucked, man. It might be that school district, but that's fucked up. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter it what is, school district. That's absolutely it, ridiculous. It, it's also kind of what a lot of the parents were fighting for. Were like, get the kids out of the fucking house, blah blah blah. And it's like, well, here you go. But like, <laughs> I agree. Like, let the kids go to school. But if you're told that that child was in contact with somebody with COVID, especially like it's their parent, it's not like it was just like a passing yeah. thing. Like yeah. their mother is at home actually in bed with symptoms. Like yeah, that child like, shouldn't be like they should either either have an excused absence until like they can get tested after like the, the window or they should be allowed to do they, remote school for like the week that it takes to yeah. like know if they have it. They need to be remote schooled until everyone in the household tests negative twice. Like, that should be the rule. That's how it is generally anywhere else. You're not supposed to go to work. You're not supposed to do this or that until everyone in the household tests negative at least once or twice, all, like, at the same time. Yeah, like, it's, it's crazy. It, it's it's absolutely bonkers that schools are allowing it. But, but anyway, uh, you guys have good, like, Christmas and everything? Oh, yeah, not not too bad. Not too bad. We uh we went and checked out this house. I'll, I'll share the um uh I'll have to make sure that there's no address information on there. I, I don't know the street address, so it's, even the number wouldn't matter. But we'll check out. We went and checked out this house for lights on Christmas Eve that like has this full on like Mario setup. Oh, that's um, cool. And so they like they have a light show that you tune the radio to, and it's all this like Nintendo and Mario setup. I'll send you guys the uh the video, and then. I'll probably try to remember to post that over the next couple of years. That is a level of um, just effort in Christmas lights that I just could never get behind. Dude, it is bonkers how much effort they put into this. Um, if you go ahead and play it, but make sure to turn the volume down because there is music playing in the background uh, while we're talking about it. But it is, it's nuts, what this house looks like. Uh, I, I thought I had like a video of a, just a walkthrough of this um, setup, but... I guess I hit didn't hit the like I don't know what happened. It didn't record properly. Um, I'm par- apparently bad with technology I'd, sometimes. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that's besides that. I had, a, I had a decent Christmas. How was your Christmas, Cobb? It was good. It was busy, very busy. We did breakfast and dinner. So, mm-hmm. but man, Instapots are a fucking great thing. Instapots are awesome. They're like definitely awesome. Yeah, like I made a like a roast. Um, that normally would be like what, like three or four hours in like an oven or like a crock pot in um in about ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Nice, and like it it came out perfect. Like literally, like it was so like tender that I had to just scoop it out of the um out of the the instant pot because it was just falling to pieces. Nice, yeah, nice. But like that, it was it was just a very busy day. Like waking up, doing gifts with Erica, making breakfast. Her family came over. Eight, did, did gifts with them. Then we had to go to her grandmother's. Then my parents came to our place for dinner. All that fun stuff. It was good, though. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I've been off since Friday, so it's even better. 
just not having to work. I've gotten to sit on the couch and watch TV and play games and build Gundams and shit. Nice. I was off yesterday and I'm off tomorrow, so. And then I assume Friday? No. I I work at a bank. We don't get off on Friday. That sucks. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's, it's because, I don't, it's weird. I guess because New Year's, the, the holiday is New Year's and not New Year's Eve. And because the way it was explained to us, because it falls on a Saturday, it is not observed on Friday for bank holidays. It is observed on Saturday because banks are open on Saturday. So you get jack shit out of it because you don't work Saturdays. We get an additional floating holiday next year to make up or not in 2021 because New Year's Day is 2021 or 2022 um, because it's in 2022. So we get an extra floating holiday next year to make up for not getting off this Friday. Okay, so that's at least something. Yeah, and it, but it was the same deal with Christmas. Like, Christmas, like, we got an extra floating holiday for Christmas this year because we didn't get off for Christmas. It's, it's, it's absolutely bonkers. But next year, since it's on Sundays, we get off on Monday. For, it's the dumbest thing. Yeah, no, that that's is weird. That's weird. So, Drew, were you off for, like, on Friday or Friday? I got, we closed at noon this last Friday. I don't know if we're getting out early this week, though. Oh, yeah, I also don't get out early tomorrow, on Friday, either. I have full eight hours. Yeah, there's nothing on our holiday schedule that will be leaving early on New Year's Eve, but our managers will sometimes just let us go. Man, I'm glad I don't work for a bank, because that sounds just like bullshit. Yeah, but we also don't ever have to be on call. Oh, I don't have... So, so I got a promotion? Oh, nice. So I also don't have to do on calls anymore unless I want to? Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I am out of the... Out of that rotation as of actually now, because uh, my... Le- Technically, once you get promoted, um, you have to do your whatever your next scheduled one is, just because it's always hard for them to find coverage for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I gave that one away. Like I was supposed to be on call the seventh to the fourteenth of January, and one of our guys like picks them up a whole bunch. So I just messaged him. I'm just like, hey, since you take these most of the time, do you want the seventh to the fourteenth? And he was just like, absolutely, I'll take it. So yeah, I will only ever do an on call again if I feel like it or like want that extra like six fifty. Which, you know, sometimes that helps. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. no, like, 100%. Like, do, I like I figured out after doing it back in 2019, doing more than two in a month isn't worth it because the way that the way that they pay us for it is we get a check for, like, a mailed check for $250. But they then tax our normal paycheck. So it ends up being this weird thing where, like, if you do more than two of them in a month, you have a much smaller paycheck. And you have to, like, account for that with the check that they send you. But they yeah. basically send you a single check at the end of whatever month you do an on-call with. So if I do an on-call the first week of a month, my second paycheck will be the taxed one. And then I won't get a check for on-call until, like, the first week of the next month. Um, which, like, sucks in, in a lot of ways. So, But, but, but it's also, like, kind of extra money, like... I don't know. I, I get it. it does suck, but it's also I, like yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate doing like one one every couple of months or on occasion just to yeah exactly. Or or if you've got like say Erica's birthday or vacation coming up, do one or two extra to get that extra money coming in. Yeah, like when we went to Japan, I did two a month every month for four months to pay for <laughs> that trip, and like it was totally worth it because like it it paid for like the expense of traveling to Japan. 
Like we yeah. still spent money while we were there that it didn't cover, but like it covered the hotel and the plane tickets and all that fun stuff, which like adds up very quickly. But like not having to do them is just a godsend. And like the day after they announced the promotion, like I message our our dispatch manager, I'm just like, hey, this means I don't have to do on call anymore, right? And they're just like, yep, that's that's one of the perks. I'm like, awesome. I would like to no longer do on call, please and thank you. <laughs> because yeah, like Drew, you're not wrong. Like on call is fucking awful but at least they at least they do give us extra for it like i know some places like does eric did eric get extra for his on call at his old company uh i he he got paid based on the hours he logged or something okay i thought it was something like that yeah like the only downside for us is like i get it's a flat 650 so you get 650 for the week whether it's just the worst fucking week ever or you have no calls at all so mm-hmm. it's very much like just it's a crapshoot. Like s- some weeks might be great. Like you might get woken up once or twice, and it's nothing big. It's just like a server alert, and it's like internet outage. Other times you might spend every night like only getting two hours of sleep because your phone won't stop going off. Mm-hmm. But you know it is what it is. I still like all my holidays. Like we we so I took I get ten days in a row off, but I only took four PTO days because it's two the two weekends. And then we get paid holiday for Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So I just took off Monday to Thursday this week. Nice. Yeah, I love nice. that stuff. I I had to fight to get these two days off because so many people in my department took off this week that it was a struggle to find the days that I could take off. And these days are use it or lose it. And oh, so, that's stupid. That's very yeah. stupid. I hate those. Yeah. I actually, when I'm back in on Friday, I have to email somebody and say, I still have one vacation day left that I didn't use. Please carry that over because we're allowed because of COVID and they never sent us an email about it. But we've had, I've had people reach out to me because of COVID. We're allowed to carry over up to three vacation days, vacation only, nothing else. Um, and it has to be used by March. Well, I mean, at least that's something. Yeah. So I have Uh, to let that person know. But Rich, what do we have on the agenda for tonight? Uh, first, you're going to talk about some games. Uh, then we're going to talk about 2021 as a whole and the best of, uh, I promoted this on socials yesterday uh, or on Tuesday, but I watched Arcane and boy, I have some words about that. Uh, then me and, uh, Cobb, uh, watched, uh, the new Matrix film. Um, and then just a quick reminder that we are doing book club next week for the No Clips Final Fantasy 14 documentary series. Yeah. I also, I watched the first seven episodes of arcane man you have one episode left it's a nine episodes <laughs> i have two and i was watching it right up until four thirty when i made dinner and then came up here to record man i started two it, episodes left i started it today <laughs> what when did you stop Four thirty. yeah you could have finished it you could have finished it watch it while cooking dinner my tv and kitchen are not like facing you, the right way you have a tablet you have a laptop yeah, but I don't put those in the kitchen, man. Have you seen my kitchen? I have a very tiny kitchen. Yeah, you could still do it. Come on, you had two episodes left. But I mean, you figure they're about they're about forty minutes, so it, like they are because it was it was making dinner, walking the dogs, eating dinner, like all that fun stuff. And I wasn't going to make Erica watch the last episode of a weird show that she wasn't going to have any interest in anyway. Honestly, uh, and we can talk about it more. I think she, I, I I had a feeling she might have actually liked the show if she watched it. Yeah, like having watched it, like she she may have. I may I may recommend it to her as some because like she's always looking for stuff that she can put on like at night after I go to bed because she usually comes up to bed like between eleven thirty and twelve, whereas mm-hmm. like I usually go up between ten and ten thirty. Because you're um, an old fuddy duddy. Uh, it also takes me at least an hour to fall asleep. So. 
the later the later I go up to bed, the longer it takes me to fall asleep, the less sleep I actually get. All right, old man. But anyway, you got some games you want to talk about? I do. I do. Uh, so just real quick, uh, I played some more of Halo Infinite. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, last week. But we went a little long last week with other stuff, so I didn't want to bring it up then. Uh, the whole open world thing is actually really cool in Halo. Is it? Yeah, so I, I got to the point where like everything opened up. So like the beginning of that game, it's like an hour or so where it's it's very Halo. It's very linear. Like you're just kind of following a waypoint, having some cutscenes here and there, and just fighting through hordes of enemies. Okay. Once you get through kind of like that whole thing, you get dropped onto the Halo, and your your new AI, um, because Cortana is dead or missing or like I don't know because I never played Halo Five. Um. Yeah. Your new AI basically tells you, like, hey, there's all this stuff going on. It looks like there's some some Earth Marines that are captured. There's some of these bases that were set up that the Covenant have taken over. Um, there's these other, like, tower things that you could probably go check out that the Covenant... Or, I'm sorry, they're not the Covenant anymore. They're the Banished. Still the same, like, creatures, but I guess they're, like, a different faction. Um, so it's still, like, Brutes and Grunts and, and Elites and all that shit. They're just, like, a different faction of them. Um, and then there's like, oh, and like, here's the thing we're actually looking for. And that's like your yellow marker on the map. And when you go to the yellow marker, it becomes a very traditional halo level. Like it's fairly linear and like it, it points you from, from direction to direction. Uh, but everything else is just kind of like, yeah, just go do what you want. Like sneak up on these bases, try and like take them out quiet. Um, obviously like it's halo. So like, it's not very good at like the stealth thing. Like as soon as you throw a grenade or shoot anything, Everybody knows where you are, but depending on what weapons you have, you can hang back and just sort of, like, slowly pick guys off before kind of running down. Because um, at least early on, Master Chief cannot take a fucking hit to save his life. Like, you get hit by, like, two energy blasts, and you're basically dead. Yeah. Which, like, Halo, like, traditionally, like, Master Chief could take a little bit of a beating. Like, he was definitely, he was definitely like, bullet spongy, you know? Yeah, it, it would yeah. take a, a good few hit, like uh, like some good hits to knock his shields down, and then uh, like a couple more to actually like knock him out altogether. Now mm-hmm. it's just like you get hit with like even like plasma pistols, like one plasma pistol shot, and all of a sudden your shield's gone. Um, that it, this game does have a an actual skill tree though that you like you get um some of the you basically find weapon caches around the map too that end up being like Spartan cores or something like that. Uh, which you put into your suit and lets you unlock like new abilities. Whether it's you know your armor is better or your shield is better or you your grapple shot is better, and uh, okay. that grapple shot changes fucking Halo. <laughs> like so, you can use it to grapple like weapons to you. You can use okay. it to grapple yourself into enemies or just to traverse areas. So, mm-hmm. like, there were times where I would just be running along, like, cliffs and basically just Spider-Manning. Like, I would just, like, jump off a cliff, fall a ways, and then shoot a grapple hook when I got close enough to a ledge to pull me up to it. Um, and there's, yes. a little bit of, there's a little bit of a cooldown on it, but it's not horrendous. And it's one of the... And it also... It stuns enemies when you hit them with it for a minute. And there's some abilities that actually make it... Make the stun last longer. So, um, you know the guys that have the energy shields? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, they've always been a pain in the ass because they have shields. So, like, you either have to, like, be very accurate with where you're shooting them or just run up to them and punch them. Now, if you hit them, if you shoot the grapple hook at them, it knocks their shield away. But it doesn't actually use your grapple hook um, shot. 
because it basically it couldn't land anything, so it just retracts and you get to do it again immediately. So you basically just double tap them with the grapple shot, and it knocks their shield away and then paralyzes them for like two seconds, just long enough, and and zips you into them at the same time. So you're basically like get pulled into them, and you can shoot them and melee them as you're getting pulled into them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like it makes all that stuff way smoother, and it's just it's very good. Like it feels like Halo, which I always got the impression that four and five didn't feel like Halo. I I mean. Four felt like Halo. Four was linear storytelling, level to level, like it was Halo. But I, so um, I guess like not just the the way the storytelling goes. Like I've always gotten the impression from the way people talk about four and five that the narrative felt very different, and which makes sense. Like it's a completely different studio and team working on it, and the mm-hmm. actual gameplay wasn't as smooth as what Bungie does with shooters. Like Bungie is very good at what they do. I, I mean, I, I can't really recall for the, uh, the, the, the talk on gameplay because I played four when it released. On yeah, which my was like Xbox. 2012, I think, 2013. Yeah, which was on my 360, I believe, is when it released. Like it wasn't, or was it wasn't Xbox One? It was 360. Um, so it might still be a product of of like continuing the Halo, uh, how Halo played with it being like no, no, like. Uh, no shoulder aim and stuff like that. So it just might have felt weird for people because in the times we had a lot of like sho- shoulder aiming. Every game had shoulder aiming. Even if you didn't have a gun, you had shoulder aiming. Yeah, Halo was very um, much a product of its time. Like yeah. Halo 1 through 3, like you didn't have aim down sights. But yeah. no games at that point really had aim down sights. And then by the time 4 and 5 came around, that had just become syn- like synonymous with shooters, yeah. whether they were first or third person. But yeah. I feel like Infinite doesn't have like a proper look down sights. It has like a zoom that kind of does it, but it's super useless unless you have very specific guns. Um, so something about Infinite just feels good again. Cause I played, I played a f- like a little tiny bit of, I guess it was five. Like I just kind of ran around it in a little bit because I, I own it. I've just never gotten around to it. Yeah. Um, and like it did feel different. Like, it didn't feel bad, per se, but I didn't really play enough of it to get, like, a, a good feel. But it didn't feel like I remembered Halo feeling. And, like, when I go back and play Halo 1 through 3, it's it feels the same. And, like, it plays well. Like, I enjoy the way those Halos played. Yeah. So I don't I, know if I it's just this weird disconnect or something. Yeah. I Like, I don't recall 4 feeling weird, but I do rem- recall, like, the story was amazing. and it, But, like, at the same time... It was off, because at the end of 3, you ended the war, but then in 4, the war's still kind of going on, but then you end up fighting with the progenitors, I believe, or whatever their names are, I can't remember. Yeah, Halo lore is fucking it, weird. It, but, like, it, so, like, at, at, at a point, like, it doesn't make sense, so maybe that might be where some people don't, aren't, aren't really down for it, but I don't know. Uh, apparently, from what I, I did a little bit of Googling, uh, apparently, uh, Halo... 3, or Halo 5, is probably never going to be released on PC. So I'll never get to play it. That sucks. I mean, you have yeah. it. You have an Xbox I, One. You could I actually do, play 5. I do have an Xbox One. I could purchase Halo 5. Um, I also, and, I'm pretty but, sure it's on Xbox, like it's on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, but I don't have Xbox Game Pass. I have PC Game Pass. But because um, you don't, but, so if you get, um, I believe you can still do like the $1 thing for Xbox Game Pass. No, I think the one dollar for three months. Well, it'll be a dollar for a month, I believe. I haven't looked into it, but um, the game is like four bucks right now. If I try to buy it, 
Yes. That's, I mean, that's fair. Like, so you it's, could just I, turn your Xbox on and make a day of it. See, here's the thing. Um, that means I have to like set it, hook it up, and then update it, and then all this other shit. That's why it's I said make a, a day of it. It would be a day. It would be a full day. Like I would, I would set up a streamathon on Twitch and like record or fill or have myself on Twitch setting up my Xbox and everything so that I could play this game. And I will not stop until that game is beat. That's yes. Yeah. I mean, there you go. But yeah, Infinite is actually like it's so the what I've played of it so far, which is really only a few hours. Um, it's very good. Um, I Master Chief is kind of a bitch in this one because he just he can't take a hit. But they're at least very, um, and I remember I remember one through three being very um, reasonable with checkpointing also, mm-hmm. um, and some of like because some of the boss fights are like legitimately like frustrating because of how little damage he can take before he's dead. Um, like the first mission after everything opens up, like the first story mission, you go to this thing and there's an elite that's camouflaged. Um, and I believe he's got a, an energy sword. So he's basically about as lethal as those things can be. And he's a boss. So he's not just, you know, one hit and he's done. He's got, like, the real big shield. It takes a whole bunch of stuff to knock him down. And, like, that fight is really... It's a lot of running around in a circle trying to get, like, a feel for where he's moving. And um, I don't know if... I don't remember um, 1 through 3 having these. But all over the place in this game, there's, like, these energy tanks. Some of them are, are gold. Some of them are blue. Uh, blue ones, I believe, um, basically shock people so that they get paralyzed in place for a few seconds. And orange actually create an explosion, or that might I might actually have that reversed. Um, and there's a, just a bunch of them all over the place in like the room you're fighting in. So like a lot of that fight is just grappling those things to you and then throwing them where you hope the boss is standing based on like his little shimmer, yeah. and then just unloading on him and um, grapple hooking into him and punching him a whole bunch and hopefully sticking him with a few plasma grenades and just doing everything you can to like whittle him down and like probably dying a whole bunch in the process because chief can only take like three hits and then he's dead. <laughs> but it's, it, it's fun so far. And I nice. like, I intend to play more of it. Yeah. That's, that's on my uh, short list of games to play while I, while I have games pass. The thing that sucks is I can't, I don't have five, so I don't have the lore of five to really understand like what's going on. So I'm like, I'm hesitant to jump into it because of that. So I haven't played four or five, and I at least understand what's going on because, like, I know enough to know that like Cortana went rogue and tried to basically take over the world. Um, and there was a different group of Spartans that were trying to like erase her. And a lot of the other bits and pieces they sort of allude to in the narrative of this game to like kind of ease you into things. So like, um, your your current AI when you get her kind of like explains like. She was created to delete Cortana, and then when Cortana's deleted, she's supposed to delete, and she's confused why she didn't get deleted. Which, like, then you're left to wonder, is, like, does that mean Cortana's not actually deleted, or is her programming just fucked? Um, you also learn more about, like, the Spartans and everything, which is neat. Yeah. There's, there's a, a Gaming Bolt has a hour and 35 minute everything you need to know before you play Halo Infinite. IGN has a 22 minute, the complete Halo Saga in 22 minutes. Oh, probably just end up watching one of those. Yeah, and I, I feel like you, you've played one through four, and so four isn't as poorly regarded as five. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like four got good reviews, and people aren't generally down on that one. Five yeah. is the one where, like, I think it's still reviewed relatively well. Like, it, it's kind of like a Nintendo game. Like, Halo games just seem to review really well, but um, it's just not very well regarded as far as, like, 
the story and everything about it. Because, like, mm-hmm. that was the one where it introduced a bunch of other Spartans that you play as, and just no one really liked them. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so, I mean, so Halo 4 had, like, almost 10s. Uh, like, I think IGN gave it, like, a 9.7, and GameSpot gave it a 9. Yeah. Halo 5, GameSpot gave an 8, and IGN just gave us a 9. So, like, they still reviewed well, but 4 reviewed better. Yeah. 4 was really good. I really enjoyed it, and I loved the, the, the weapons. The, 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 the evil, the alien weapons, progenitor weapons, or precursor weapons. That's the one thing that I feel like I'm just not really getting a good variety of in Infinite, are the weapons. Um... I basically, the whole game, like, I've tried a bunch of other stuff, but the only things I, I'm keeping are, I think it's called the Mangler. It basically looks like a, um, like a Tommy gun, like the kind, like the gun that has, like, the, the round drum barrel from, like, the 1920s. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's one-handed, it has a pretty good distance to it, and it essentially shoots, like, shotgun shells. Huh. Or something, like, like, equivalent to just, like, a very big, like, damaging, like, thing, um... And it has a pretty good capacity. Like, I think I can carry, like, 80 of them at a time, and it it holds, like, 8 in the drum. And then, like, the assault rifle is, like, my backup weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I've tried, like, everything else. It's, it's like, your the plasma pistols, the needler, um, the plasma rifle, and, like, one or two, uh, like, the, the handgun and the one other assault rifle-esque human gun, the one that has the scope on it that I think was introduced in Halo 2. I'm very bad with the weapon names. I, I don't know. I don't remember the weapon names at all. It's been but yeah, years since I played Halo. Like, I've, I've found, like, one or two hammers, like... Oh, actually, you know what? I have not found a hammer at all that was in multiplayer. I feel like I got more varied weapons in multiplayer, though, than I do... Than I have in the game so far. Um, yeah. And the game is well, v- very good about ammo. Like, there are constantly these little kiosks you find, like, in... When you're in inside of, like, bases and stuff like that. Um, where... Orange ones give you kinetic ammo, so, like, ammo for any of your actual, like, bullet shooting guns. And Mm -hmm. blue ones give you energy ammo for anything that you have that's energy-based, like all your plasma weapons, the swords, and stuff like that. Plus just, you know, there's lots of um, weapons racks and things like that all over the place. Yeah. Have have you uh, encountered anything besides the, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the enemies. It's not the Flood. It's the other ones, the normal enemies that you fight. Like the Covenant? Yeah, the Covenant. Have you well, fought anything besides the Covenant? Or well, are you so, playing the Covenant at all? Remember, so they're not the Covenant in this. They're the Banished, which I think are just, like, a separate society of the Covenant. Because they're still mm-hmm. the same races. So, like yeah. I was saying, like, it's still the Grunts and the Brutes and the Elites and, like, all of that stuff. Um, I So, there's some variation on the way some of them look, at least. So, like, and this may have been in 4 and 5, too, and I just don't know it. But there are brutes, so like the the big strong guys that they have like jetpacks and they fly and they lob um they they have like grenade launchers more than guns that they just lob a bunch of grenades into an area at any given time. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys are a bitch because they're armored and they fly, so it's it's they're not hard to beat, but they definitely take a lot more hits before they go down. And because they're yeah. basically lobbing grenades at you the whole time, like it's real easy for them to take take chief down early in the game at least. But yeah, I haven't I haven't run into any like new enemies that I've noticed. Okay. So. So it's it, but it's mostly just the banished. Yeah. Um, yeah. So far. So maybe maybe for the further you get into the game, you might start encountering newer like more like more weapons from the like the precursor race or whatever their name is. I that's, wish that, I could remember what they were. The called. forerunners. Yeah. 
There we go. I just it just dawned on me. They were the forerunners, if I remember correctly, because they are the ones that made the flood. I think, or no, they made something else to take out the flood. Prometheans. I don't know. Hey, like I said, Halo lore is fucking weird, and it's not good, but it's it's good. It's it's that weird good. Yeah, it's it's called the Prometheans. They're they're the Prometheans. Okay. Uh, I don't. I I feel like the forerunners might be from something. Actually, were the were the forerunners from uh, Mass Effect? Maybe. I don't even remember anymore. Like, all this shit's just blurring together at this point. Halo Infinite seems good, though. Like, I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, Especially if, if you like first-person shooters, like, it's a good first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. And, like, both of you guys at least have decent PCs, and I think you both have Game Pass right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, if you're just looking for a shooter to run around and shoot things with, like, that one's good because it, it, because it, it opens up so quickly. You can kind of just do what you want for quite a while, like... The game's pretty good about telling you, like, what each icon means on your map. And it's not like a Ubisoft game where you have to go to one of these things to then, like, unlock more of the map. Um, that helps. Like, when you go to, like, when you go take over, like, a base, it does, like, show you more stuff on the map. But it also gives you, like, the ability to just summon vehicles and to change your weapons and stuff like that, like, on the spot. And gives you... um marines that actually are at the base and will sometimes follow you and help you with with fights yeah which yeah uh but other other than that for uh for christmas i got uh skyward sword on the switch sweet is it i i mean (laughs) i i i very much like the story of that game and actual like the gameplay itself was really good on the wii so I, i i don't know if it's i don't know how it translates on the switch but it was a really good game so the the story like is actually pretty good and I feel like it's got more story than most Zelda games usually have. Like there's actually mm-hmm. way more of a narrative than you tend to get in a Zelda game. Like Zelda games yeah. are usually like those like the narrative is part of the gameplay almost. Like mm-hmm. you're supposed to like pick up things just by playing the game. It's not so much like people telling you and conversations and stuff like that. Uh Skyward Sword definitely has that, but holy shit are the controls just the fucking worst. Um, Are they? Yeah, no, like, they're absolute garbage. So, the right analog stick is your sword. Mm-hmm. So, I get it. Like, th- this is the game that had the motion controls. So, like, enemies and puzzles were based around, like, swinging the Wiimote around and shit. Yeah. I get that. 100% get that. They made all of the worst Nintendo decisions when it came to mapping this to a controller, though. And apparently, you can pull the Joy-Cons off and just use the Joy-Cons. But I never play my Switch docked. So, like, that's absolutely useless for me. Mm-hmm. Um... So the, the right analog stick is just defaulted to always your sword, and you cannot change it. So you can't... So in order to, like, look around and change what you're looking at, you have to hold L the whole time to make, like, the right analog stick be something that's not your sword. And if you forget to hold L, you tend to just accidentally slash your sword at things. <laughs> okay. Um, it also just makes, like... Because that is a game where the camera does not follow you well. So you really do have to constantly be moving the camera and recentering it. Or it just gets stuck in some really bad positions where, like, it'll be too low or too high and you can't see what's around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, it's just, it's very awkward switching between items. Like, there's a lot of hold this button in while moving this analog stick and then also hitting this button to select that thing. But you have to let go to actually select it. Like, it's just... It's not super intuitive, um, and I don't know if it's just like I'm. I'm like I played maybe about four hours. I'm in the first like temple, yeah. Um, and it's not bad. Like it's it feels like a Zelda game. It's got puzzles. 
nothing's been like outrageously hard. Um, combat's ju- is just the worst thing because I feel like the sword slashing probably worked better with the Wii Motion Plus than it does with the analog stick. Because a hundred percent, no doubt that that's the truth. Because like honestly, like even even slashing like diagonally and stuff like that, it very rarely like on like moving the Joy-Con, like, diagonally, up and down, or left and right, whatever, like, like diagonal axes. It very rarely does Link actually slash in those directions. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times he either doesn't slash at all, or does something, or, like, slashes up and down or left and right. Which makes, like, some of these enemies incredibly frustrating to fight, because you can only hit them from one way. Um, I did, I did just figure out how to, um that I can do, like, the lock-on and, like, like flip away from enemies, which is helping a little bit. Um, the game very... Qu- like, there was this one brief thing of, like, hey, hit this to lock-on, and it was in the first, like, five minutes, and then they introduced all of the other stuff to you that I totally forgot that was a thing to do, and it's, uh, what I guess, LZ. It's the actual trigger on the... It's the left trigger, not the left bumper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spend most of the game holding the left bumper because that's what lets me actually look around. So I just kind of forgot that the left trigger was there and would actually do anything. But once I so, figured that, sorry, go ahead. So when when you're uh, attacking with the sword, like, is it always from middle position in the direction you're attacking, or do you have to pull it down and then slash it up diagonal? How how does it work? Yes. So when you're <laughs> fighting. I, like again, when you're fighting, are you like slashing and letting go, and then slashing? Or are you just swinging the sword around? Like, because when I played, because I played it on the Wii and I had the Motion Plus, you could move the sword in the direction that you needed it to be at. And so, uh, for me at least, when it comes to fighting in combat, I'm going to constantly keep the sword at the edge and slash downward or upward or whatever, instead of going from middle to up and then back and or whatever. Like. So that's how, how, how that is the problem. That is the problem with it being on a joystick. Is the joystick defaults itself to center? If you want to hold it in any direction, like your sword will stay in that direction, and it does certainly make certain movements a little more fluid. But it's also not natural. So like you have to like really think about doing that, and you also have to remember that um, if you're trying to also look around at things, you have to constantly be letting on and off of the left the left uh, bumper. So that you can actually, mm-hmm. like, move the camera to see what's going on, and then attack whatever you're trying to attack. Because the lock-on in Zelda is never great, and it doesn't always lock on to what you want to lock on to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and like... I'm also imagining when you then look, like, whatever position you had your sword in gets defaulted back to the normal. Exactly, yeah. I mean, and, well, yeah, if, if you hit that look button, uh, yeah, I'm sure if... If it's no longer allowing you to control the sword when you hit that look button, then yeah, it'll go back to the middle. But when you let go of that button, your sword will automatically go to whatever direction you're holding the 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 stick at. Yeah, exactly. But that that direction isn't always the same direction that you were holding it before you hit the camera. Uh huh. So like it, it it is it's just a weird balancing act back and forth, and it just doesn't feel good because like the the Joy-Con um, analog sticks like. They're not the best analog sticks. Like, they're not placed great if you're playing in handheld mode. They're not bad. Like, they work. They're, there's nothing, like, wrong with them for, like, a nor- for normal gameplay. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're not placed great for that either, for, like, that kind of control. Um, it's, it, it, it's almost as if this game was intended to be played on a big screen with motion controls. Exactly. And I feel like they should have just given an option to just have, um, like, normal controls somehow. 
Like, I, like I'm sure they could have figured some other way out. Like, either remove the like. Let me let me so let me do it on like the face buttons a little bit. Like, let me hold um like let me hold that left bumper and make make holding the left bumper turn the sword controls into the analog stick. But also let me use like X and Y or something like that as an up down slash and a left right slash. So this way, at any given time, I can just hit that button to slash from top to bottom or from left to right or right to left because I think Link is left hand. Um, and then kind of like in um in like the NHL games where I don't know if they still do it or not, but back in the day, you could switch it between analog stick controls for puck control or just hitting the face buttons to like pass and shoot and everything. Yep, I still have that. Like I feel like that is something that they could have done, but they just. They don't really want to spend time when they're re-releasing these games. Like they they put the minimal effort into it, and it's a shame because like this game has a lot of good things going for it. Like I said, like the story's interesting. Um, I think the world at this point is actually super interesting because it is such a different world than what Hyrule has ever been before. It's not even called Hyrule right now. Um, the the whole bird yeah. thing is interesting. Like, granted, you lose the ability to fly on your bird almost immediately. Because once you go down to the planet, like, the only way to get him, at least right now, where I'm at right now, is to go back up to the Sky Islands, which seems just to defeat the purpose of exploring things at the moment. Like, I haven't, I don't have a reason to go back there. Well, yeah, the further you get into the game, you're going to be flying around on your bird a hell of a lot more because the Sky Islands is where you get the side quests and shit. You don't get a lot yeah. of side quests down on land. You get them all on the Sky Islands. Yeah, like, which, which makes sense. There's tons of them, and hopefully, hopefully, they fixed that game-breaking glitch, um, uh, or at least patched it if they didn't, uh, because in the Wii version, they were unable to patch games. There was a glitch that if you did things in a specific order, you would not be able to continue to progress anything after a certain point. You'd be able to continue to play, but zero progression from that point. Nothing would trigger, and so you would just, you'd be, you'd have to restart, and it wasn't like an hour or two into the game, it was like twenty hours in. That's that seems about right. Um, that I will, I do, and I've said this about a bunch of Nintendo games. I wish Nintendo was better about options, because like aside from just like those control issues, like the 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 sword play just not feeling good. Um, you can't. So you can either you can invert your controls or not invert them. Like those are the options. But there's no way to invert your controls while flying versus normal. Like for whatever reason, the way my brain works is if I'm a if I'm moving around like as Link, I want them to be non-inverted. But mm-hmm. if I'm flying, I want them to be inverted. Like that's just the way my head tries to do things. So like anytime I'm either flying on the bird or there's that um, the beetle that you get as like your your second item um, that lets you like it, it sends like a little robot beetle that you can fly it yeah. around. I'm I'm constantly crashing stuff because when I first get going. Because I forget, like, oh, right, right, not inverted. Up is actually up, yeah. down is actually down. And see, that's, again, like, the motion controls would, would made that so much easier because you tilt it up to have the nose point up. You tilt it down to have the nose point down. Like, it wasn't it wasn't inverted, so it, it made it more comfortable. And, and it was just, like I said, this game 100% is made for motion. And so I knew, I knew it wasn't going to really translate well. For controllers, yeah, I might try it um, at some point on the TV with the um, with the Pro controller, just because the, the the Pro controllers the buttons are just laid out better and the, the analog sticks feel better. So I'm wondering if they will be a little more 
responsive for the I, controls. I, I want you to try it in motion. I I can't. I can't do motion controls. Um, I have a I have a a huge problem having the controllers separated like that. Mm-hmm. Like I actually like I can't control the character right when when the controls are not like a controller. If that makes sense. You're weird. Yeah, I don't know why. Like for what for whatever reason, when I have them split up like that, it just everything feels off and wrong. Yeah, but this is Skyward Sword. Um, and look, I'll I'll fully admit there's I haven't beaten a lot of. Zelda games. I've watched them. I've seen them played. Like, I watched Eric play um, Wind Waker. I've played and beaten Ocarina of Time. I've played Skyward Sword and and um, uh, the new one. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and and then I've played a few of the classics, but I've never actually... Like, I, I can't say I've beaten them all, but Skyward Sword is one of the top tier Zelda games I've ever played. And it's just, it's such a good game, such a good story. And, it, like, it sucks that, like, the controls aren't translating very well for controller. But, like, honestly, again, I, I knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. And, like, frankly, like, I would not have enjoyed this game in 2010 on the Wii either because I don't like motion controls. Like, I don't think they're fun. Like I said, like, I have trouble, like, my brain just does not work in a way where having my hands separated, like, functions correctly. Maybe have a better brain. I mean, that would that would help. But, yeah, just something about that stuff just never played well. And, yeah, so, like, I played very few Wii games that actually required motion controls because I, I hated the fucking motion controls. Well, I, and the problem, really, with the Wii games was the Wii Motion Plus didn't come out till near the end of its lifespan. And so the motion controls for the first portion of the Wii's lifetime were very just waggle controls and weren't that weren't good. Like yeah, they were good at pointing and clicking things, but they weren't good at actual combat and such. So yeah. then when they came out, like was, uh, Red Steel, I believe is what it was. It was a launch title for the Wii, mm-hmm. and it was that gunslinging Yakuza game where you're supposed to be able to control a sword whenever you want and switch back and forth. And honestly, the gunplay was really good, but the swordplay wasn't because. The motion controls at launch weren't the best. It was it was still decent and it was fun, but it wasn't the best. But then when they did Red Steel Two with the Motion Plus, that was so much more fluid and so much smoother that like I can understand initially not being all about the motion controls because they weren't that great, but they made them better. Uh, and just unfortunately, you have that disconnect where you, you can't really do motion. It just, it happens, but it's just, to me, Skyward Sword is a fantastic game. It's just, I wish more people would be able to enjoy it in the motion sense, um, or at least, like you, Cobb, can understand that, alright, this game wasn't really well built for controls like this, so there is a little bit of a learning curve and a disconnect, but I'm getting there, and I'm getting into it. And, uh, like, I will say, like, from what I've played so far, like, I don't, I don't see this game even ranking in top five Zelda games for me. Um, but, like, I don't think it's the worst Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, like... I mean, nothing. nothing's ever going to beat Zelda 2 um, for worst Zelda game, so... Uh, no, so, I think I think we've talked about before, like, I have a very weird opinion. I think Breath of the Wild is the worst Zelda game. No, you've we've you've talked about it. Your your reasoning is understandable, although I disagree that it is the worst. I understand your reasoning. It is a fantastic game, but it is not a it is not what is known to be as a Zelda game. So I I get it. 
I don't agree with it, but I get it. Yeah, and I think that Skyward Sword is really much, like, it's very much, you can see how they got to Breath of the Wild from Skyward Sword. Like, okay. there's a, one of the first things you get is, like, a basically a parachute that lets you jump from high spots and not die. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very similar to the glider, which basically lets you traverse the entire map very easily. And y- you have a stamina meter, like, that, you know, I, I don't... Th- I don't know that it grows at all, but if you're running or climbing on things, like your stamina goes down. You can't just climb up any surface, but you know, if you're climbing across ledges and stuff like that, there goes your stamina. Which like, I, yeah, that makes sense. I see how they got from point A to point B between Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean Breath of the Wild is a very good game. Um it is my least favorite Zelda game though. Um and I feel like Skyward Sword is probably So I I've never played Zelda 2, so I can't actually like rank that one but like skyward sword and like twilight princess are probably like near the bottom also for me like it i like i can't say for sure with skyward sword because i'm so early in it but like right now i'd probably put it just like between breath of the wild and twilight princess but like as i play more it might get bumped above twilight princess but i don't see it being better than link to the past or ocarina or majora's mask or wind waker i i i Hard disagree on the fact that it's not as good as, um, uh, you just said it. Why am I so bad today? I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a long day. If you say uh, Link to the Past, you're wrong. No, no. Hard, <laughs> hard dis- I But again, I, I've never played Link to the Past. I don't, I actually, I'm, I've played it a bit here and there, but I'm, I might say that Skyward Sword, in my opinion, is up there with Link to the Past. I don't really know until I play Link to the Past. But also, Link to the Past has been so overhyped that I might, like, same as with Horizon Zero Dawn, where I was just like, this game is so hyped as to being an amazing game, and when I played it, it's just not that great. Like, I mean, honestly, like, Link to the Past is also a game where, like, it is old. It is a 30-year-old game. Yeah, yeah. It is not going to hit the same way that it did for people playing it 30 years ago. Yeah. But, like, that game is also basically the the blueprint the for, for every, every Zelda after. <laughs> um, except for, like, um, b- um, uh, Breath of the Wild. But, yeah, like, every one of them after that basically had a very similar structure of collect collect a few things, collect more of a different thing, fight a bad guy. Um, and, like, every one of them kind of wrapped it in a different different bag but like it's all basically that same and you generally are like traveling between worlds or something like that like you had the dark world and the light world you had the the happy past and the the dark future in ocarina um i don't remember if wind waker actually had a different world but i know you had to collect different types of things and all that fun Uh, stuff so i think i think there was no the very end you go under the ocean besides that there wasn't really a jump between worlds um and yeah but yeah, I, I like it so far. It It's just like the controls are very bad, and I really wish Nintendo would just get better at options. Like, just give people options. Don't lock these games to the point where, like... Like, frankly, like this game would be unplayable for somebody with any sort of disability. Like, it's completely inaccessible to anybody that, like, doesn't have complete um, motor skills in their hands. And, like, with the way, like, a lot of games are now, like, that's not the case. Like, there's... Like there's so many games where you can go in there and you can just change everything. The, the button layouts, the um, how sensitive the the analog sticks are, like how difficult specific bits and pieces of the games are. And Nintendo's just like, nope, you can uh, 
You can make it inverted or not, and that's it. <laughs> like, like, but I'm, I'm gonna... When you're recreating or, or remastering or re-releasing an old game, there is a limit to what you can throw in there for customization options. Like, I, I don't expect them to change the entire game uh, uh, to, to, to... Or change the entire, like, I guess, AI interface to where you can set it to this various particular set of parameters oh, abs- on a absolutely. game that is that uh, that is as old as, as Skyward Sword. Well, age, I disagree, but the console that came out on, like, the Wii remastering games from that system, it's just, like, a pretty fucked, like, experience yeah, for it's... anyone. Yeah, it, it, when when you're working with a console that was motion controlled and high motion games and all of their games, 90% of their games were, even maybe 99%, were primarily played with motion controls. It is going to be hard, if not next to impossible, to fully a- accommodate everyone. Oh, in these absolutely. control schemes. And yeah. I don't think that they could have gone crazy with accessibility stuff the way that the last of us 2 did or horizon does or, or horizon um forza horizon but like to just have no options to change anything it's just like they a whenever they do these re-releases they re-release them at full price with almost nothing done to them um it'd be different if this was like a budget game because it's 10 years old and like by this point it is because it's been out for like two or three years like it is it is not always 60 dollars mm-hmm. but like they still, whenever they release these games, they're always $60, and they don't put any effort into them from, like, the outside appearance. In, in some cases, they're literally putting ROMs that other people have created, like, because people have dug into the code and found, like, the ROM creator's, like, handle in, like, the comments of the code. So, like, Nintendo is literally putting zero effort into these, charging 60 bucks, and it's like, dude, you could have just made, like, a few tweaks here and there... And just made this a better experience for everybody but, instead but of just half-assing it. And this this is me playing devil's advocate here. People still buy it. Absolutely. No. I mean, like, I like, got it, but it's two years later and I got it as a gift. And, like, I know, I'm not, like, wh- and when, when I say people still buy it, I'm not really specifically talking about you, especially in assistance. But in general, people still bought this when it came out. Yeah. No, so I agree with they, you. So they have, they have not learned... That people don't like this. Don't like, yeah, people have outcried, hey, you're, you're just re, but people still buy these things, these remakes, even after they don't do anything to them. So what's stopping them from continuing the same thing over and over? Yeah, and, exactly. And, and trust me, I'm not justifying what they do. I'm just saying in general, like they, they don't have really a reason to change it until people stop buying it. Yeah, no, you're you're entirely right. Like, I don't disagree with you at all. I was just saying, like, I didn't buy, I purposely didn't buy this game mm-hmm. when it came out because I had no interest in it at the time. But now it's like it's been a while. Like, people wanted to get me stuff for Christmas, so I'm like, here's a game I didn't. I'm not never gonna buy for myself. Yeah. Like, because games that I'll buy for myself, I've already purchased. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just it's just it's a bummer because like I can see all of the good this game could have. And it's just completely crippled by just horrendous controls and zero ability to change anything. Like, and like, they went to the trouble on this one of at least mapping the controls to the analog stick. And like, this is kind of off topic. I saw this thing posted on like a Facebook group yesterday, the day before. There is some Steam game out there that 
is can be played right now. It released in 2021. You can play it with a Kinect. Oh, yeah. I um, forget what game that was. Start to finish, it. you can play the entire game with a Kinect. Apparently because the developer, or like the, the person helping with the code for it, just wanted to see if they could. Like, they spent a day, they made it work on like a Kinect, and like a Nintendo controller, and a few other like random peripherals. Just to see if they could. And it worked, and it was completely doable, so they just included it in the game. And like the the game has an FAQ about it, and where the where the the developers just like, yeah, don't do this, but you can do this. Um, if anyone does this, please like contact me and show me proof that you beat the game with the Connect, and I will send you a fifty dollars Visa gift card, <laughs> just because I just want to meet the person that hates themselves this much. <laughs> y- you want to know what the game is called? What Space Warlord Organ Trading Simulator? Yes, yes, it is that. <laughs> The entire game can be played with Connect. Yeah, all because like the the one of the people doing the development just wanted to see if they could do it. And whereas Nintendo's just like, ah, nah, like we're not going to release new, any any new Zelda games for for the rest of the generation, so we're just going to half-ass this remake. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, yes and no, because we're getting Breath of the Wild two for a new Switch. Or a new I Switch. don't know if that's true. I, I think Breath of the Wild two probably Christmas this year. I I hope. But Nintendo does not have a good track record of releasing more than one of its, like, tentpole franchises per generation. Um, so I'm just assuming it'll be the next console that they release. Um, which I'm not count If they do, like, a Switch Pro, I'm not considering that, like, a new console. But, like, if they do a Switch 2 and that's what it launches on, even if it's cross-gen, like, I'm still considering that a new generation game. It'll, it'll for sure, if they release a Switch 2 which there's no word on whether or not they're doing that, so it's who knows if it'll be out in 2022. But if they do release a Switch 2 in 2022, and we also get Breath of the Wild 2 this year, it will absolutely be cross-generation. Cross, oh, cross yeah. And I mean, look, that's it, just, that's, we would not they, get a Switch 2 this year, so I think no, that's safe to say. Yeah. Uh, but, Cobb, we spent an hour on you. Uh, let's move forward. Look, it was only supposed to be quick. You had questions. I'm sorry. I'm having a conversation. <laughs> No, that's true. Uh, you guys uh, ready for your best of 2021? Look, sure. I had trouble finding a best of 2021, man. Well, maybe you should have like had a better year. I I did I did and watched seemingly so little that like it was hard for me to actually remember what was new this year that I did and watched and played and whatever. Well, that's because all you did this year was fucking play games on stream that came out seven years ago. No, I played and a lot. Of, the Office again. <laughs> I, I I didn't. I watched The Office zero times this year. This is not on Netflix. I was gonna say this because it went to Peacock and you couldn't watch it. But how many times yeah. did you watch Friends? Zero times because that's on HBO, and I, I I don't know. I'm not watching it anymore. I mean, I you have HBO. H- there is no I do. excuse. I do, but I haven't watched Friends. I might have watched Scrubs like three times. Um, <laughs> How I Met Your Mother once or twice. Um, Except for the last episode, because you don't like the way it ends. No, I, I watched the last episode. I just get bitter when I see the very, very final part of it. Um, I do. I, like, I, I get all teary-eyed, and then the train passes by, and then you see Ted being all doofy in the future. I'm like, fuck this. And I finish watching it, and I hate it. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll watch it again in six months. I've been actually having that urge to watch it. Uh, but I've been... I, I, I'm. What was the last series I just watched all of? Uh, I, I did Modern Family... And then the Goldbergs this year as well. Um, I watched all of the Goldbergs. Which, that's not even over yet. No, so the new season's... I, I think the new se- I think the season's 
cu- currently airing or might be starting soon or something? No, it's remember. it's currently airing. It might be on hiatus, yeah. but I know that Dad just got fired. Yeah, really? I was going to say, is that show actually going to finish? Well, why I mean, he, go, why? the show isn't about the dad, so, like, they can just kill him off or something. Um, apparently, he's a real shitty person. Oh, wow. I like, did. he was apparently, like, abusive and harassing on set, and there was okay. an investigation, and he... I don't, I don't know whether he quit because there was an investigation or if he actually got fired. But either way, he is no longer part of the show. And the, uh, the grandfather, the, the the grandfather passed away like last year too. So yeah, yeah, he, they they had a, a a funeral episode for him or a memorial episode for him this year. Uh, I mean, they could they could write him out for next season. I'm sure this season's already filmed, so no, they could write. They, it. They're not done filming it yet. No. No, they don't. They don't. Generally, a, a series like that is only maybe like two or three episodes ahead, I believe. Okay. So, like, yeah, they'll like there will be a point probably in February or March, whenever the show comes back, where all of a sudden he's just not there for a few, and like it'll just be like they'll just have episodes where he's not around for a while. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually they'll be like, okay, well, he he died off screen. I mean, and that's 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 the same way that they do like with Community, like as. Donald Glover's contract and and uh what's his name uh Pierce what's his name oh Chevy Sh- Chase Chevy Chase is their contracts running out you saw them less and less and less yeah and I like Donald Glover went on that like world like boat around the world thing yeah and, and then Chevy Chase died from masturbating too much yeah but and the difference was like Donald they Donald Glover wanted to be part of the show but like didn't have the availability and the show wanted him on it. Um, Chevy Chase is apparently a huge douchebag, and no one wanted him there anyway. So, like, yeah. when he quit, they're just like, fine, you're dead. Bye. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, let's get into our 2021 bests. Um, Rich, would you like to start, since you have such a um, a detailed list from what you've been saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'll start. These aren't really in any specific order. And, Sa- honestly, uh, I'll, I'll probably read them in kind of a random order. Uh, the first one I'm going to mention is my new PC. Um, it, it opened up a lot of gaming availability and potential streaming availability and such that I've started to be able to do and I want to start working on further projects that I wasn't really able to do because of my old one and just this thing is a beast and I love it. So like I just that obviously I would be a little remiss if I did not mention my new PC in the best of 2021. So it's kind of the best thing that happened to me this year. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well it was a rough year. All right, look, I'm ending the year with a potential COVID scare. What do you expect? That's that's fair. That is fair. Uh, Drew, what do you have? Uh, I'll start with like Game Pass and like trying out shit on there because like games I like I didn't never paid sixty dollars to try Forza Horizon or paid whatever to play a uh, State of Decay, but three months of Game Pass for a dollar, sure, I'll try out some bullshit. <laughs> so so uh, get hit up. I was going to say, since you've gotten so into racing, and I realize F1 is different than most racing games, does that make you a little more interested in trying different racing games as they come out? Um, yes and no. Like, I, I'm, I didn't find myself super interested with, like, the open world of Forza Horizon, but then also the game was crashing, like, in insane amount, and I really maybe only played, like, 40 minutes before I got... To the point where I was like, I don't care. Which is fair. And, like, frankly, like, I feel like Forza Horizon, if you're looking for a racing game, is not a good yeah. example of it's, racing games. It's, mm-hmm. it's not no. a good racing game. No. It's a gr- it's a fun game. Um, and it, honestly, if, if we had a, like, most disappointing or whatever, 
it would be like on the list of more disappointing because it wasn't what I was expecting. It's still a decent game and it's an enjoyable game, but it's not. It's not not even what I was expecting. It's not what I want. Yeah, I, so I'll, go ahead and finish. <laughs> well, it's just saying. So it's like if you're looking to try racing games, especially sim racing games, Forza Horizon is not that. Game. Well, here's what I'll say. Forza Horizon is a driving game. Yes. It is not a racing yeah. game. That's what I was about to, about to say. Forza Horizon, really good driving game. Mediocre racing game. But it's even with the... Like, the driving is good, but, like, the physics are just bad. They're so bad. I hate the physics. In yeah, they're very arcadey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I am more into... Like, my brother's been playing a lot of F1 2021. Mm-hmm. And, like... I keep feeling tempted to pick it up, but I also don't know that I want to play that with a controller. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I that's get, the perfect time I, to buy a racing wheel. I've been looking. I've been thinking <laughs> about it. I, I want to get a racing wheel because I want to get more into racing games. Uh, now, the question that you have to ask because your best of is of a thing that you only paid a dollar for three months for. Will you continue to pay for that post your three months? Um, We'll see how much more I actually make use of it. Like, I just think Game Pass is an incredibly cool idea. Yeah. And it's it's worth dipping in and out of. Yeah. And it's just, I don't find myself spending that much time playing things where I don't know that it's entirely worth just paying for the subscription all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I I have the, the same sort of opinion of Game Pass. Like, it's a fantastic service. There's tons of good games on it. If you're not going to be playing any of the games on it for 30 days, it is not worth keeping that subscription alive. Just cancel the subscription, leave the games installed if you think you're going to dip back into them sooner rather than later, um, and then just resubscribe when you're ready. Because it's not like it doesn't break anything; it doesn't delete your saves. Like, mm-hmm. um, like I am probably because I got new games and stuff for Christmas and have other stuff I want to play. I am probably going to cancel my subscription in January. Um, and I might not pick it back up again until like March or, or April just because mm-hmm. of like how often I have time to play games and I have multiple platforms to play it on. But when I do get it, assuming the, some of the games I've been playing haven't left Game Pass, I'll just jump back into those. Um, so my first one is Ben Riley, which uh, he is from Spider-Man. He is yeah. uh, Scarlet Spider uh, originally, which is he is a clone of Peter Parker and... A couple years, so he he's been dead since the nineties, and a couple years ago he got brought back as a pseudo villain. But um, in the last year he has kind of had a resurgence. Um, they brought him back as like a pseudo villain, and then they brought him back after that. Like he didn't die from that, but then he kind of became a more of like an like a reluctant hero, anti hero sort of character. Um, but now they they're back to making him an actual hero again. And he was, for, for a good portion of the year, he was, like, a supporting character in the Iron Man book. Because Iron Man basically needed a team of of heroes that nobody really knew. And Ben was one of them. <laughs> um, nice. And then, as of October, um, he became the main character in The Amazing Spider-Man. So, right now, like, Ben Riley is Spider-Man. Peter Parker was in a coma. And now he's out of it, but he's still, like, hospital-bound. And, like, Ben is actually the one swinging through New York City, like, doing Spider-Man shit. Mm -hmm. And it's just cool, because, like, Ben has a different perspective on things and a different set of, like, um, side characters. But because he has, up to a certain point of his life, he has the same memories and experiences as Peter, 
like he doesn't think of like Aunt May as like his aunt necessarily because she doesn't really know him, but he still has all of like the things he would have learned from her and Ben and anyone else he knew up to the point that Peter was cloned. Okay. Um nice. Yeah, and he's just he's an interesting character and I've all he he isn't wearing the Scarlet Spider suit, which is a huge bummer, and he's not quite wearing his 90s Spider-Man suit, which was mm-hmm. all equally like 90s and and over the top. But yeah. um it's still cool to have Ben Riley back and they're actually launching in January a new uh I I guess it's like considered like a legacy book where it's a Ben Riley, I think it's actually called Ben Riley Scarlet Spider or something along those lines that takes place back in the time of him as Scarlet Spider when like Pete was Spider-Man and he was just like this weird clone that was popping up around the city. Okay. So, that's yeah. pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Rich, what's your next one? Uh, my next one, which one should I pick? Uh, you know what? Snyder Cut. The okay. Snyder Cut was in my opinion, it was really well done. Uh, they did it, they did it in, in, even though it was, what, what was it, four hours? They did yep. it, uh, when they, the fact that they did it in chapters, uh, made good stopping points. You could actually, like, take a break. You could watch it over time. Uh, I would have been absolutely fine if it was a series. I would have been absolutely, I'm absolutely fine with it being all in one. Uh, I personally just think the Snyder Cut, um, really showed that Snyder knew what he was doing, but he just overreached way too much. And, uh, WB fucked up by, uh, or not even WB, Joss Whedon fucked up by not keeping the spotlight on the characters that were given in the Snyder Cut. And also just changing some of that stuff, um... The entire movie was fucking changed between Whedon and and Snyder. Entire movie. So, I mean, to be fair, I think if you cut that Snyder Cut down to a two-hour movie, like what the, the original theatrical cut was, I think it would still be a mess. It's honestly like, um... Did you ever watch the extended cut of Batman v Superman? No. no. So that is still a bad movie. Like, there's not a lot of redeeming quality for Batman v for Superman. Um, the extended cut that adds like 45 extra minutes makes it a more coherent movie, though. Whereas I think I think Justice League at four hours, like that cut of it, is actually a very well paced and well done movie. Yeah. Snyder just isn't my. His yeah. style is not my style, but I think he did a very good job with that compared to what was released in theaters. Yeah, and, and like, when Justice League came out, my opinion was, I don't know how to feel about it. I don't think it was bad, but I don't think it was good. I, I'm not going to say it was also middle of the line. It's just, it's in this limbo of, I don't know. But then after seeing the Snyder Cut and also hearing about all the bullshit that happened that, that, that Whedon did... And cut and, and and the bullshit that happened to uh oh why am I not remembering his name uh the kid who played Ray Cyborg Fisher. Ray Fisher like hearing about all that it just it obviously it brings the the, the Whedon cut down and then just watching this movie and how in my opinion how good it fucking was like yeah I, I it just it, I it really deserved to have been either two movies or to be four like it deserved to be four hours you know what the wild just, thing is he overreached. The wild thing is, like, Justice League was supposed to be two parts. It was not supposed to be the four hours we got in this cut, though. This was just basically Snyder got to put everything he wanted to into this movie. And, like, yeah. there was plenty of, like, goofy... Like, not not even goofy, because Snyder doesn't really do goofy. But there were plenty of little things that could have been cut to trim off, like, a little time here, a little time there. Yeah. I don't know that there's any real way to trim that movie down 
into a reasonable like time, like two, two and a half. And honestly, two and a half hours is still pushing it. But like, I feel like more and more movies are hitting that anymore. But to get it down, like, I don't know that you could cut an hour and a half of that movie and still have it flow and be as coherent as the four hour cut was. Um, I mean, look, it's the Snyder cut was six chapters. You put three chapters per movie. You're looking at two two hour movies. Oh no, I mean, each 100%. chapter wasn't. But like, yeah, each chapter wasn't the same amount of time, and maybe the later chapters might have been longer. But it's just like they they could have easily made that movie two movies. No, I no, but I agree with that. I just meant like this was only ever meant to be one movie, and part two was going to be like a completely separate film. I don't think they could have made those four hours into one coherent, well paced movie. I think it would have been. It would have still been a mess like the theatrical cut, but it would have been a different type of mess. Like, the characters yeah. would have still at least felt truer to what that universe's characters were. And, like, like for what it's worth, like, I don't think Snyder really understands the comics in a lot of ways. But at least... And I don't like the black suit Superman. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But I think at the end of that movie, it would have just been way better if he showed up as Superman. Like, he did in the Whedon cut. Um, but if I remember correctly... When Superman came back after being, like, put into a coma by Doomsday, he came back with the black suit. So that's at least, like, accurate to, like, how the comics handled, like, his return. Um, So, like, I can appreciate that. And I think, like, that was one of the few times that Superman really felt like Superman. Like, when he showed up and he didn't have that goofy race with the Flash that just kind of completely demeaned the Flash compared to what he did in the Snyder Cut. Um. And, like, he actually showed up and was the tide turner in the fight. Like, he just, he took that hit, hit from Steppenwolf and was just like, is that all you got? Come on now. Um, yeah, it's, like, if, if anything, um, this year showed that, like, the WB movies can be good. We got the Snyder Cut. We got, um, uh, Suicide Squad. Like, they were good movies. They can be good. I, I mean, it also showed that they can be, middle of the road or or a little bit better than middle of the road with wonder woman but like it just showed that they have they can be almost marvel quality it's just they need to be able to let loose and the, the snyder cut really like giving him the full four hours really let it let him let loose and showcase what the, the dc could be yeah yeah I agree. um Jordan, you're next i'll say pax unplugged and Getting to go back to a convention. That was actually an honorable mention for me. Like, conventions being yeah. back. And, that, yeah. Yeah, that was, for me too. I was, I was I was debating whether or not to put that on there. PAX Unplugged was a really good time this year. Uh, just mm. being able to be around people again was was really refreshing. Um, and it just, it was, PAX Unplugged was great. We met some great people, met some great developers and everything like that. I had a really good time. Yeah, and, like, PAX Unplugged is such a different, like... I know both of you guys have been to other conventions, so, like, I'm sh- I'm sure you agree, but, like, PAX Unplugged just has a different feel to it than most other conventions, just because of what, like, what its focus is. Like, when you go to, like, uh, like your anime conventions or comic conventions, it's just a different vibe, even in, like, the expo hall, like, where all the vendors are. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you go to this, and, like, all the vendors are just super excited, like whether they're the actual developers or just the people selling the games. Like, they want to tell you about yeah. the games. They want they want to show you how the games play. Like, Because they both want you to play the games, but they also want you to talk about their games. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like, PAX on... Un- uh, like, I actually... So, I li- 
on mine I listed just conventions because like I went to New York New York Comic Con, Anime NYC, and PAX Unplugged, and PAX Unplugged was like the number one that I listed like under that. Hope hopefully the world doesn't like shit the bed again and we don't lose all of these in 2022. Uh, Camden <laughs> Camden County is announcing on Friday that uh, um, distance learning again for at least January. Huh. And so I know like. Uh, Drew, we were talking about this actually last week um, when me and Erica were over that Philly, like on January 3rd or whatever, is implementing like vaccine mandates, like for like indoor eating and everything. Mm-hmm. Like you have to prove that you're vaccinated to eat in restaurants in Philly. And New York City has done that for a while. And while that is going to cause some people to throw hissy fits, like fucking good. Like I, I, I already, and we're going off on a tangent, but I, I like, I don't eat out at all. Like unless they have outdoor seating, so it, it's like I I I want to I just want all you can eat sushi and fresh sushi instead of having to buy it and take it home. Like I but I, I don't I, I I don't I don't get that because I don't I don't really trust people. And like so when we go to like we don't go out to eat like and actually eat eat um too often. Like I think we, we've done it maybe other than like at PAX where like that's you know that's all we could really do. Yeah. Um, it's been mostly like maybe once a month here and there, um, but like I'm like I wear a mask like at the table until like the food comes out, and then like I eat, and then before I leave, I put the mask back on. Yeah, because um, like honestly, like tomorrow, like you said sushi, like we're actually probably going to go get sushi tomorrow because we're going like after Erica gets off of work, we're going to go get dinner, and then we're going to go to Wegmans and like pick up some snacks and stuff because since there there's not really a point in like New Year's, um, we've made a tradition of just like we watch a bunch of movies on New Year's Eve. Um, so like, we're going to get like junk food snacks and just watch movies on Friday. So we're going to pick nice. all that up on Thursday after eating a bunch of sushi. Yeah. Nice. And it'll be wonderful. Uh, <laughs> anything else on packs? No, no. Uh, Ooh. Cobb, you're next. Uh, so the next one I have, um, which drew, I think this is probably on your list as well. Concerts. Yeah. Concerts happened again. And it was really nice to go back and see music live in person. And like, as like, awkward as it was too it was fun to be in a crowd of people you know getting shoved around and screaming and all that fun stuff mm-hmm. 100 percent. yeah and i i mean you have been to so many more than i have this year but like i got to see less than jake and newfound glory for the first time and like i've been a fan of both of them for like 20 plus years at this point so like having them both on the same tour was just super cool and like they both mm-hmm. put on such good sets yeah, and then that I got show to, was awesome. Yeah, and then I got to see Green Day for like the seventh time or eighth time or something stupid like that, maybe more. And then like I have a bunch like again, Drew. I think you have significantly more, but like I have a bunch of tickets for concerts in 2022 already because like that I got Erica a bunch of concert tickets for Christmas. Like we're going to go see um, AFI in March, Senses Fail in April, Foo Fighters in July, and Twenty One Pilots in September. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, one. Uh, I was supposed to go to a concert next Friday, but that just got canceled, which sucks. It's the second time I was about to see this band, and then COVID fucked the show. Who was it? Catbite. They're uh, actually like really new ska band. They're from Philly. Okay. And the, they're really, they're really cool sounding. Like they're a little more like reggae-ish, a little swingy, like. They've got a keyboardist in there. So so they're they're more of like they're more ska than punk, where like a lot of ska bands seem to be more punk. 
No, yeah, they're definitely they're not ska punk for sure. Although, I mean, they did a whole they re-recorded one of their albums as more of a ska punk album too. So, like they like to experiment with their songs, which good for them. Um, but also uh Jer who is also uh Scatoon Network, they were supposed to be opening for them and their music is amazing. Yeah, I have no idea who they are either. But, like, I don't really listen to ska. Like, Less Than Jake is probably one of the more, like, ska bands I listen to regularly. Um, And they're more punk than ska on, like, Mm -hmm. that Venn diagram. Yeah. Uh, Ska 2 Network does amazing ska covers of songs. Oh, nice. Covers are always fun. Their YouTube channel is amazing. And then they have their side project, their, like, solo side project, which is Jer, their name, Jeremy. Uh, that's a lot of cool original songs. And they also are the trombone player for We Are The Union, and then also fill in, have filled in on a bunch of other ska bands at shows. Nice. They're an amazing person. They're actually the reason I found Catbite. So is it just last... one person? Yes. Okay. They're non-binary, so that's why I say they. Yeah, no, I, I kind but, of figured it was either that or you were just, you know, covering your bases. No, uh... But uh, last year, they put out a YouTube video of, like, lesser-known ska bands, because ska gets shit on a lot still. Like, oh, it's just dumb music for people who like mozzarella sticks or whatever. And I so, take offense to that. Mozzarella sticks. Yeah, I was going to say, I take offense to that. Mozzarella sticks are delicious if done correctly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but So they did this list of upcoming ska bands to listen to that people don't know and catbite was one of them and i was like oh shit they're amazing well that's cool that's a bummer that they got canceled that the show got canceled again hopefully they can like actually make that happen yeah they said they're going to try to reschedule but dates are really full up at a lot of places so who knows but refunds were issued today (laughs) oh so so it like got canceled canceled not just like postponed yeah but yeah like i have tickets to motion city soundtrack and a show in February and a show in March, and then also that Foo Fighters show in July. And I'm sh- like, I was looking at the Spotify concerts in your area, just like, no, my wallet. Yeah, I actually, like, before Christmas, I basically went on to like Live Nation and Bands in Town and just scrolled through all of them to mm-hmm. just see, like, all right, well, who's coming through Philadelphia in the next 12 months that, like, Erica would be interested in going to see. Yeah. But, um, so whose turn would that be? I guess Richie, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Hawkeye. That's a good choice. It was, in my opinion, uh, and, and this isn't saying that the others were bad, but it was the best Marvel, honestly, if maybe even the best Disney Plus series that came out this year. Um, I, I absolutely loved it from beginning wait, to wait, end. Wait, wait, Are you saying it's better than the Mighty Ducks Game Changers? Yes. <sighs> All right, then. I haven't, I haven't even watched it, and I know it is. Apparently, that show wasn't very good. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, but yeah, it was just, in my opinion, it was the best. Uh, uh, they they, they uh, introduced Kate Bishop, and Haley Steinfeld did fantastic in that role. The uh, relationship that... Uh, she has with both Clint as well as Yelena when they introduced her all just fantastic. Um, 
Yeah, like, they, just, did, they did a very good job both casting and using characters in this. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, like, I think it's funny. Like, I'm pretty sure Haley Steinfeld was, like, one of the people that was basically, like, fan cast to play Kate, like, years ago. That, like, it actually ended up happening. Yeah. Because, like, I, I, she I'm, looks I'm like sure, the character. Yeah. Like, she has a, like, very similar look to the comic book characters. So, like, it worked out that she is actually a good actress and the right age bracket to play the role. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I, 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 I loved it. Um, I'm not going to say it was the best Marvel thing. Probably the second best Marvel thing. In my opinion, the best would be Spider-Man. Um, but like, I feel like Hawkeye even beat out, um, Widow. I didn't see the Eternal, so I can't really say. Beat out Widow and is probably just slightly better than Shang-Chi. So it's just, yeah, I, I, Hawkeye, one of my favorite characters. And I just love that series so much. Yeah, I don't know if it's... I think I might have liked WandaVision better than Hawkeye, but, like, they're also two very different shows. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it's really hard to, between at least between WandaVision and the rest, it's really hard to um, to compare because WandaVision was so different. Uh, but, like, if you even taking out WandaVision, you compare it to Loki and Falcon Winter Soldier, even uh, Mandalorian, it's just, it was better. It was better than them all. In my opinion, at least. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, at least in, in some form. Like, it, it's hard to compare some of them, but, like, I feel like Loki was probably the weakest. Like, as much as much as I liked Loki and it, it was interesting, I feel like the other shows just kind of had a little bit more going for them. And, and yeah. That's kind of that's kind of a thing with Marvel movies, though, is, like, even though, like, Loki was the weakest, that doesn't mean it was bad. It just wasn't as good as the rest. It was still a good film or a good series. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, I'd have to sit down and really think about it. But Hawkeye is definitely up there as far as, like, what they've released this year in particular. Because um, they did. They just did a really good job. They brought in a bunch of characters um, from, like, other things also. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. inter- introduced, like, some fun elements of just the MCU. Um, the So... I, you, th- th- this is a, a spoiler for for Hawkeye. So if you haven't watched the last episode of Hawkeye, like maybe skip ahead five seconds or ten seconds or something. Um, I don't know if you caught this or not, but the watch that Clint gives to his wife at the end, um, it says Agent Nineteen, which is Mockingbird. Yeah, yeah. I and, I didn't understand what that was. I ended up talking to Eric, and he talked to me about it. So it was like, okay, so n- it's now official. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is no longer a part of the MCU. So not necessarily. Um, her name is not Bobby. Her name is Lara. So mm-hmm. just because she was... And I don't think Bobby was ever... A, she was never called Mockingbird. And I don't know that she was ever called Agent 19. Um, just like I don't know that Sharon was ever called by like Agent whatever number she's supposed to be. I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Agent 13 maybe? I don't know. Um, so it's just one of those like there can be both of them. Um, but I just, I thought it was like a nice nod because it gives her potential to be more involved late, like later on. Um, it explains why she was almost like, you know, to like use a phrase from Spider-Man, like the person in the chair for Clint. Yeah. And it also alludes to, um, Hawkeye and Mockingbird were married in the comics for a long time. So like there is a relationship there. Yeah. and, And it also just gives them a reason to be able to use her more because she's a great actress she's a great character but yeah just there wasn't really a big reason to use her yeah exactly uh drew what's next on yours 
Uh, well, since you already mentioned concerts, and then I almost completely forgot about this, uh, Deathloop. Deathloop was really fucking dope. Oh, man. Richie hates you now. <laughs> no. You're Richie's least favorite person. I, no, I... Look, as I, I, I refuse to play the game, at least until it's free on PlayStation Plus, I don't really have anything against the game. I have everything against the marketing. And fuck the marketing for that game. We saw it way too many fucking times, and I don't care. But if you like the game, all power to you. You like the game. And I hear it's a fantastic game. I'll probably enjoy it when I play it. But they shove that down my throat so much that I'm just not giving them that privilege of buying it. Which, uh, that's totally valid. Um, I complete, Drew, I completely understand why you have it, like, listed, though. Like, it is not a game for me, but I've heard enough and seen enough that, like, yeah, no, that, that seemed like a really well-done game. Yeah, it played really well. The story was pretty cool. Yeah, I think GameSpot gave them their game of the year. Like, that was their pick for game of the year. Um, and if they actually tricked the studio. Um, right. I, I don't know if you saw that or not, but um, they had the they had people from the studio come in, um, and it was supposed they they basically told them it was for an interview, but it was really just so they could give them in person the GameSpot Game of the Year like award statue thing. Mm-hmm. And like it was a very wholesome fucking video. But yeah, that's a that's a good game. Um, have you have you dipped into it anymore since like you beat it, or did you kind of like beat it and then like walk away? Nah, I beat it and then kind of walked away. Like I played a little bit of uh, the like online playing as the other character invading people's games, but didn't felt feel super compelled to keep going with that. That's that's fair. I can get that. Um, well, my next one is Gundam. Um, I I I fell into Gundam this year. Um, after, you sure did. After not really like watching or or dealing with Gundam for you know fifteen years. Um, and like, I probably wouldn't have stuck with it as long if Turner Gundam hadn't been so good. Um, cause that, that one was good enough that it's, it's still propelling me through what is not very good with, with, uh, Seed Destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Gundam Seed was better than I remembered it being. Um, Gundam Double O was fine. Like it was kind of mediocre as far as those shows go. Um, but so far, like Seed Destiny, not good, but I'm just, I still just remember how good Turner Gundam was. So I'm like, it's okay. But, like, these shows have other really high points. Like, this isn't going to... Like, this could be the lowest point. It's probably not, but, like, it could be, and there could be a bunch of other really good stuff, like, around the corner. Um, probably doesn't help that I'm stuck with uh, the the original dub of Destiny, and, like, it's just not good. <laughs> um, but still, mm-hmm. Gundam's fun. I, I, I built some models. I have more models downstairs to build. So, you know, I've fully fallen into that fucking hole. Not as bad as, as Richie with his Funko Pops and Pokemon cards. <laughs> Look, here's the thing, though. I want to I want to get some of these like anime models, and like I want to get some of the my hero ones that I've seen at Target, and some some of the Gundams. Like it's been an idea of mine to build them on you, um, and and check them out like that. So it's just I'm eventually gonna do it. Just haven't haven't gotten any, haven't gotten around. To it. You got to get yourself like some n- nice master grades, you know? God, or like like, like the, the Sorry, go ahead. There's one that Adam Savage built on his channel uh, that has a little person inside of it. Yeah. Like, that's that's how detailed... Like, you actually put a little person in it, and then you build the skeleton, and then you build the exoskeleton, and then you build the armor, and then you, like, you, you put together all the actuators to make it have full motion. It's bonkers how crazy these things are, and it takes hours to build them. 
hours. So I just I just sent a picture to the group chat. Um, that is a real grade. It's not done yet. I still have all the decals to put on on it because I can't paint. Um, so I'm not going to ruin this thing with paint. Um, <laughs> but if you see down by his foot, that's a miniature of the pilot. Yeah. Um, and like it, it looks like like you know, it is very tiny. But it's basically like like your D and D minis where like they're not colored; they're just like a, a gray white plastic. Um, mm-hmm. But on in the packaging, it shows like what colors to use to paint it, and has like a like a picture of what it would look like if you painted it those colors. Um, like this one, I don't won't go inside of it because this um, real grade are the one one forty fourth scale, so they're pretty tiny. Like they're like the size of. Um, like action figures from when we were kids, like like your regular size like action figures. Um, Master grade are the one one hundredth scale, so they're a little bit bigger. They're more like the size of like a transformer. Um, so okay. th- those ones would be a little bit easier to actually fit like a pilot into. Um, and yeah, like the like the real grade have a skeleton to them. It's not as detailed as the master grade, and there's actually a there's one above that called real grade. I think I, some of their grading systems a little. Oh, no, I'm, so, I'm sorry. This is real grade. Um, there's one above master grade though, but like some of the gradings a little weird because it's not always like real isn't necessarily worse than master or better than master. It kind of comes down to it's it's like size based. So some grades are one forty fourth scale, some grades are one one hundredth scale, and like you basically have like rankings that way. Um, but I want to say the master grades are like closer to a hundred bucks because they're bigger, and they have some that are actually made of metal too. So like they get super intense, but yeah. They're fun, and they, they do take a while, but, like, not in a bad way. Perfect grade. That's the other one I was thinking of. I think these are the ones that have, um, like, like some of them are, like, metal and stuff like that. So the, the – and they're also very large. So I just looked it up real quick. There's an RX-78, which is the original Gundam. Um, the perfect grade of that is a 1 – it's a 1 slash 60 scale, and it is $290. Yeah. But, like, that's... it's it's very cool looking. And yeah. like very large, <laughs> but you you can also get like the um I forget what it is, but like the hobby grade basically that are like twenty bucks and like they still look cool. They're way better than they were in like the late nineties. Like they're fully posable and like movable and everything, so you can actually like do stuff with them. Like like put them on a stand and have them look like they're like actually something and not just this like awkward piece of plastic. Excuse me, but uh, Rich, what is next on your list? Next on my list will be the only game that I have listed on here, though I have a few uh, honorable mentions, but it's the only game I have on here, which is Returnal. I I, I freaking love that game. It's a combination of so many different uh, gameplay styles between like bullet hell, third person shooter, and, and uh, roguelikes, or roguelites more so, not really roguelikes, um, that it's just like, it, it all worked very well, and that, that, mid, that mid-game uh, um, story beat was like mind blowing, fucking mind blowing. Uh, the, unfortunately, the ending was a little iffy. Um, not 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 too crazy, not too great, not too bad, but it still it was it was such a solid um, uh, game to play. I absolutely loved. It. I just hate that the last world was the fucking water temple. <laughs> the water temple's not that bad. <sighs> No, it's not, but when you're jumping slower and moving slower because you're in the fucking water temple, it is that. You just gotta get that gravity suit, man. I mean, it's... Look, you, there's parts in that game where, you like, there's water that you can jump into at the very beginning of it, but you don't get... you If you fall into water, you die. So, 
you don't get the ability to go into the water until the very last um, uh, biome, until the very last uh, world. And for me, that was a single run. I beat the game in a single run. Like, like I beat the final biome without doing it more than once. Which is I almost impressive. died a few times. It is. I almost died a few times. But I like the final boss. If you had the right equipment and figured out the strategy, it wasn't. It wasn't hard to, to beat. But it was fun. It was absolutely fun. Yeah, true. Did you play Returnal? Not yet. That is definitely a game that I really want to end up on PlayStation Plus because I know I'm not going to play it long. I just I just want to basically like sit down for like two hours and just give it a shot. Um. Like I bounce off of roguelikes so hard that like I just can't justify sixty or seventy bucks on them. Um, like I I think I played Hades for like eight hours, if that. Um, and like that was a solid like twenty dollar investment for me. But like seventy bucks for a game that like if I die in the first hour, that's probably as much as I'm gonna play of it. Just I I can't do it. But man, if that goes on PlayStation Plus, I will definitely try it because like um... people like you keep talking it up. <laughs> It's it's so good. It is so good, and that store, that mid game story beat is fantastic. And then when the, the the stuff they do in the house is like really really stellar. Like it's just it's all all around just a great game. Um, but up next, Triton. Uh, the Formula One season got. This was the first year I watched like every single Formula One race, and the way this season played out, coming down to literally the last lap of the last race of the season to decide the champion was insane. And like, I can't wait to see next season's drive to survive. And then what happens with the new cars for 2022, like formula one's way up there in my favorite sports now. <laughs> like nice. this season was wild and a great time for people to have gotten in like, my brother got into it this year, Papa got into it big this year, a bunch of my brother's friends. Like, I'm planning to have a lot more people watching the races with us next year, so. Nice. Yeah, I I, I will certainly not watch F1, because it's it just, it, it wasn't for me. But I will definitely keep watching Drive to Survive if I remember it, because it was very interesting to see, like, the behind the scenes, and then also still get, like, a feel of the races from them, and, like, who was winning mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the best way to to experience F1 if you're not into watching the actual races. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, it's my turn. Um, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Um, totally agree. Yeah, that was... It was definitely the best Spider-Man movie. Um, and it just... It did such a good job of pulling in the past stuff. Um, so I guess, like, again, spoilers, like, nothing... Like, major spoiler if you haven't already been spoiled for uh no way home um if if you haven't and you don't want to be uh check the timestamps cuz I'll I'll mark it in there but the the way that they used Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire just worked really well um and same thing with the villains like I think the Sandman and the Lizard felt a little forced like they there just wasn't a lot there for them um but Electro, Doc Ock, and Green Goblin, like, were all actually, like, they were well done. They gave, especially in, like, Electro's case, they gave Electro a, a second life, basically. Um, I, we talked about it when, when we actually talked about the movie, but, like, um, Willem Dafoe just plays crazy so well that, like, yeah. he is just a delight to watch no matter what his his character is. 
Um, and Alfred Molina is is such a good actor and is so good as Doc Ock as both the the insane like villain and the more compassionate um, scientist that he was before and is at the end. Um, but it was really like uh, like Maguire and and Toby really, or I'm sorry, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield um, both really made that movie. Yeah, they they did they did a fantastic job, and there was just. There were so many little moments in that movie that just made it shine a lot more than a lot of the other Marvel movies and just a lot of movies and Spider-Man movies in general. Like, the two parts that I really, like, think back to that if I had known about this going into it, it might not have really affected me as much, but it still would have affected me was at one point, um, uh, McGuire is, uh, talking about his MJ. And, um, Garfield looks over. Cause this is after, um, Gwen Stacy's died and he has not met MJ- his MJ yet. And he looks over after realizing that this Pete has an MJ and that Pete has an MJ. Where he has that moment of, am I gonna meet an MJ? Like, oh my god. Like, I do meet, I do find love. Cause he is a downtrodden Spider-Man. He is, like, he is at next, le- he's almost at Black Suit Spider-Man at this point in the movie. And then there but was at the same time. So he has that that moment where he talks about how dark things got for him and how he stopped pulling punches. But yeah. he's still also very hopeful and like optimistic in a lot. Like even just when he's talking about like his villains, like when he's talking about Electro, like he's so hopeful for like him to be OK. He's just like Max was just the nicest guy. And, like, yeah. he wasn't even there. Like he wasn't trying to talk Max down. He was literally just telling the other two guys. It's like, no, he's not a bad guy. Like yeah, yeah. he's a good guy. Yeah, he, he um and then uh the the other part that really got me. Like I started to cry, but I start to cry at almost everything is when he catches MJ. Yeah, no, that was that, and, that was a very very good moment. And, yeah, and he starts to cry because he saved her. He wasn't able to save Gwen, but he saved MJ. And like she was like, "Are you okay?" And part of me wanted him to say no, but I'll manage. But him saying yes was just like was just as good though, like because he's like, I did it, I I saved the girl, I can be the hero, and like it, it this really showed that Andrew Garfield's Spider Man could have gone somewhere amazing, and and they they maybe had pl- they could have had plans for him to do some big things, and that like it's just overall all of the Spider Man all together the whole story of this movie was just so good. It's like, I, it would be, I knew it would probably be on yours, Cobb, which is why I didn't put it on mine. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there are so many good moments in this. Um, even, even just like that scene where like they, they just, they finally realized that how to work together. And it's like mm-hmm. the three Spider-Man literally like flying through the air and like, they're like grabbing each other's webs and like flicking the next guy up and stuff like that. It was just like a yeah. cool moment. Yeah. Yeah. It and was. Like it's, it was just so good. Yeah. And also just the fact that. The internet is now just like, oh, yeah, no, Andrew Garfield was actually a really good Spider-Man. Like, I wish we could have an amazing Spider-Man 3 is just kind of like, well, that's good because everyone always shit on him as the worst. And he wasn't like his movies were just poorly written. He was a very good Spider-Man. Yeah, he was. Uh, But Rich, what is your next or last one, I guess? My last one. Um, I And I chose to use it last because I brought in the year with this and I'm taking the year out with this. It's Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai season... Three and four both come out in 2020. Well, it came out January 3rd in 2021 and is coming out December 31st 
of 2021. Um, and just the, the season three was amazing. I love this series to death. And I'm just, I'm so excited for season four that it's already best of 2021. And I haven't even seen it. Yet. Yeah. So it's funny. I, I've seen a couple like non-spoiler reviews for it. And it's basically like a lot of people going like, it's still really good. It's a little Netflixy, but like Netflix couldn't ruin it. It's still really good. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the reviews are kind of, like, all over the place score-wise, but, like, the, the general consensus seems to be, like, it's still really good. It's just got ne- Netflixified, And, like, that yeah. seems to be, like, the biggest drawback anyone has to say about it. Which mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know what? That works for me. Like, as long as, like, these characters are still acting like these characters, like, I'm good with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I keep forgetting that comes out literally at, like, the end of the week. It does. It comes out on Friday. And the Book of Boba Fett just came out today. Or at least the first yep. episode. Yeah, I haven't gotten to watch that yet. Same. But yeah, no, that, that that's a good show. I, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, Drew, what is your last one? Control. Did you really, did you play that this year for the first? I thought you played that last it, year. No, no, it was free PS Plus this year. Yeah, it was uh, February of this year. For some reason, I thought that's, I thought you played it before that. That's how long this fucking year has felt. Yeah, no, that that's, like, some of the people being like, hey, Hitman 3 came out this year, or does anyone remember Balan Wonderland came out this year? Yeah, like, I, uh, when you said to make a list, I was, like, looking back, and I was like, nah, I played Control last year, right? And then I was like, let me look at the PS Plus games from this year, and no, it was February PS Plus game this year. I was like, man, that felt like a year and a half ago, not nine, ten months. But yeah, no, that game's fucking really cool. And it actually has made me think about playing Alan Wake. Yeah, I mean, I get that since it's the same universe and all that, and there's going to be an Alan Wake too. Yeah. What about Quantum Break? No. I mean, that's still part of the same universe, and I think it's on Game Pass for PC. Maybe not. I honestly don't know. I know it's an. I have no idea. I know it was an Xbox only game for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wild that you played Control this year. Like that really does feel like (laughs) just years ago at this point. The only reason I was pretty certain it was this year is because I remembered playing it while uh, I got the first vaccine dose. And you know what? Like, that does track because I played the opening of it first. Because I, pl- I played it on Xbox before they mm-hmm. actually released the next-gen patch. And then they released next-gen patch, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, you can't swap over your save. And I think you, mm-hmm. like... Right around that time is when you started playing, and you're like, "Oh, this is really good. You should play it." I'm like, "I don't want to replay it though, but I want to play. Yeah. The, I want to play the better version. So I'm just gonna wait until like I feel like replaying it, and then play the better version because <laughs> it, it was mm-hmm. like just enough of that game to make it a little too much. It's mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. been on my short list of games to play. I just never got around. You should. It's really fucking cool, and you you own it for free. I do. I did download it. That would probably be a, like. That would be an entertaining stream game, too, because of how, like, bonkers it is. Um, the only downside would be, like, you do want to pay attention to the story as you're doing it. So, like, you'd have, you have to kind of balance that between, like, pay attention to the story and, like, also being fun. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. it's a bonkers I, game and people love it, so. I, I, I actually own it twice because it was free on uh, Epic uh, earlier this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. And Epic, ha- I think Epic has done a different free game every day this week. Yeah, it's they do that every Christmas. Um, right now is Salt and Sanctuary. Yep, I have next... no idea what it is. Looks interesting. Uh, I think it's like a roguelike, isn't it? Uh, 2D uh, action RPG is what it says. Oh yeah, I, no. I 
I'm pretty sure it's like a 2D Souls-like, if I remember correctly. I think that sounds right. That does sound right. Um, well, I guess, so my last one is Metroid Dread. Um, that was just such a good game, and I, I forgot how much I liked Metroid games until I played that, and then, like, I was dipping into, like, Metroid Zero Mission and Super Metroid and stuff again, and... Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I don't love Metroidvanias in general, but I really do enjoy the Metroid series, and Dread just did such a wonderful job of making it feel new, but also keeping true to like what that series has always been. And I feel like yeah. it did a better job of... And Rich, you pl- basically played all of them this year. Or like all the mainline ones, at least. Um, I mean, I played I played Metroid and Super Metroid. Yeah, That's all the mainline it. ones. I, did, I, didn't, yeah, no, yeah, I, mean, I didn't play Fusion, and I didn't play Metroid 2. I, yeah, but no, was, no, almost nobody has played Metroid 2. So like, you, I mean, you, they, they re-released it. Yeah, on, on 3DS after the Switch was out. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... I feel like they just that game did a very good job of giving you the sense of you can go where you want, but also keeping you on track to go to the next place without like being very handholdy or getting lost too easily. I know you ran into a few issues, but I think overall, like that game did a good job of like, hey, here's a path that just opened up because of the thing you did. And like, oh, this actually takes me to the next zone I need to be in. Cool. Yeah, and they did a good job of making me, at least for the way I played up until, like, near the end, it made me think that I was making my own decisions of where to go. Yeah, that's uh, what not, I was trying to say very poorly. Yeah, not not realizing that, like, oh, they're pushing me towards this linear path, and, like, I it like I wish I had known how to, or that I could get the bombs, the ball bombs, before you fight Kraid, because I would love to do that that easy kill against Kraid. But I, I, I didn't know I could do that. I, I didn't know the path or the sequence break to get to that. Um, and there were a few points that, like, I got lost or confused, but that's mostly because, like, I, the way, the way I played it, since I was playing it once a week, uh, on, on stream for like three or four hours, I would kind of forget some of the abilities that I had access to. And so there was, there was about two hours one night that I played that I just was completely lost and had no idea where to go until I remembered what I had. Which makes sense. And, like, had you been playing it like me, where I was playing it pretty consistently, you know, maybe, like, maybe I didn't play for a day or two here or there, but, like, I played yeah. it pretty consistently for, like, a week and a half. Um, I never really forgot what I could do. I didn't always use what I could do, but I never forgot it was there. <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 by playing the first two Metroids as well as this one, it invigorated my, my joy of the Metroidvania style. And now I play Metroidvania games every Monday on stream. Like it's, so you've been, been playing, playing the same one since Dread, right? Well, yeah, I've been playing Hollow Knight because that's a long fucking yeah. game. That is a long ass game, uh, and it's a very combination Metroidvania Souls like game. Um, and I have a, a few ideas of what to play next. I might do Ori. I might do. Um, I was actually just going to say you should do Ori next because it is a gorgeous game and it plays very well. Yeah, and it's. it's- it's different than most Metroidvanias. Like it's got yeah. it's got all the core stuff you associate with them, but it's also different in a lot of ways. Um, but I think that that was everyone's five. Yeah. Uh, any quick honorable mentions? Uh, if you want to bring them up, I know Cobb, you had a few things that you wanted to remind me and Drew about. Um, well, so I was originally just going to ask you guys some random like best of things. Like, Drew, I was going to ask you, like, your top five F1 moments. Or, Rich, I was going to ask you, like, your top five toasts. Um, but 
we went very like this episode is going very long, so I'm just gonna skip that and I'll try and remember yeah. to do it next year. Yeah. Um. But I uh, quick honorable mention, and the only reason I don't have it in here is because I didn't. I feel like I didn't play it enough. Was Mario Golf? Like I wanted. I I had expected to play it a fuck ton, and after I beat the story mode, I played it a handful of times on my own, and just haven't been able to get together groups to play it with. So I just I haven't played it, but I love that game. It just I, I didn't play it enough to actually throw it in there. Drew, do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, no, not that I can really think of. Okay, cool. Well, in that case, uh, Rich, do you want to talk about Arcane for a little bit? Yeah. So uh, let's let's get into Arcane. Um, that that series is great. It's a really good story. Story wise, voice acting wise is amazing. Um, it's I, another I, thing I, with Haley Steinfeld in it. Is it? Who, who does she play? She plays Vi. Oh, I, I, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, and actually, um, the, the Caitlin, like the the guard, like the British guard. Yeah. Um, she is um the actress that played Cho Chang in Harry Potter. Okay. And um, Jace, like the inventor guy, his adult voice is um Kevin Alejandro, who was um Jesus on True Blood. Okay. So nice. like. Like a bunch of na- bunch of named people that I I recognized. Yeah, like I've I'm not a fan of League of Legends. I I, I, I don't never know really jack played shit about it. Yeah, I don't know shit. I I barely played it. But like the the introduction of these characters uh, or being introduced to these characters for the first time, um, and and like their take on the stories on their like stories because it's it's altered from what actual quote League of Legends lore is. Uh, but their takes on these and the actors and the characters that they chose are great. The, 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 the change from powder to jinx and the time jump and, and how every, everyone and everything progressed over the years in that time jump after the third episode or I think it was, uh, third or fourth and, and just how the series or the season wraps up. Uh, it just, it is really good. Um, but I just, I really want to put a spotlight on the art for this ser- show. It is a very pretty show. It is. It is like a a portrait. Like the the best way I can put it, it's like a portrait. It's like a hand painted portrait, and it's animated, smooth and clean. That is just like it all works so well together. But then there are some like occasions where the animation changes or the art style changes slightly. Um, did you get to the fight between Marcus and Jinx? Yes. Uh, with with the with the with the the stopwatch. That's not Marcus. Oh, what was is that? Was that's not? I thought that was Marcus. No, that's Echo. I want to say his name is. Okay, but you you got to that. You know the fight I'm talking about. Yeah, where where it, it shows them as children. Yeah, as yeah. almost like it's like this weird like time lapse of them as children. And it's a totally different style. And then once that ends, it flashes back to like them as like teenagers and in the current art and in like like the normal art style. Yeah, yeah. It it like that whole sequence was kind of mind-blowing to me it was really cool it was really well done um and they just they they found ways over and over throughout the series not only art wise but like um uh story wise to keep you enticed and it just i like there's a bunch of different stories going on throughout the series but it's just so well done that like i have now essentially become a fan of league of legends i'm a fan of arcane but it's like it made me 
Like, at one point I was Googling, which of these characters are actually in League of Legends, and who are these characters, and how do they play, and stuff like that. Because I just, I was more interested to find out more about this world. Even, even apparently Heimdinger, who is that little dude, um, he's a playable character in League of Legends. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, uh, people don't like him, but he's a playable character in League of Legends. Most of the main crew that you see, or like the main cast, are playable characters. And it's just, it's, it was, it was, it's so good. Uh, I can't, I can't wait for a, a a sequel season. Yeah, like, that is a show that, like, I had meant to watch for a while, and then I saw you post on, like, our social about it. I'm like, let Mm -hmm. me try and, like, get through this. I didn't realize every episode was, like, 40 minutes-ish. Yeah. Um, which, um, just made it harder to get through in the day, because I had other stuff to do that I, like, that I was also doing. Mm-hmm. But that's why that's why that's why I only got to episode seven. But it like it is like you said it's it's really well animated. It's got like that very like hand painted look to the backgrounds, and then like the characters aren't like the characters have more of like a cell shaded look. But it but just they're still goes, painted like yeah, it's still it just, that portrait style. No, but I was thinking more like um like Final Fantasy Nine had like those hand painted backgrounds. But their characters stood out from that because, I mean, obviously, like, those characters looked bad compared to the backgrounds. But that's yeah. sort of what I mean where, like, it's, like, these, like, very – the backgrounds look different from the characters. Like, there is a disconnect from them, but, like, it works and it looks good because yeah. the characters still look like they're in the right place for the environments. Yeah. Um, and the animation just is super fluid and the, the fight scenes and all look amazing. Like the, there's one fight scene, I want to say it's episode like five or six, um, where Vi is, um, she's going to attack the person that's like the, the one bad guy's like second in command, the, the, the lady with like the robot arm. Yeah. And she just kind of runs into that room and just knees her in the side of the head when she's basically not paying attention. Yeah. And, like, it's a cartoon, and, like, I winced because it just, the sound and the motion and just everything, it was just so brutal. There's there's a part coming up, probably in episode 8, I believe, that a body drops and hits the ground. And it drops far. It's not just, like, a one-story drop. It's, like, it's a, it's a far drop, and it, boom, hits the ground. And I was like, ooh, like, I winced from that. Like, you don't see it, you, like, hear it off screen and whatnot it's just it is rough and they did very well with the the sound uh direction and uh, even the music the music is just pristine like really good yeah no and you know what i forgot about that like the music is really good it's not like my type of music that i like actively listen to but it fits the show really well the the intro is super catchy yeah um and i think the intro was actually dragons yeah, I think th- I think that's actually one of the songs that Imagine Dragons played at the um the Game Awards last week, probably or two weeks ago. Dr- Drew, I I know you watched it. Do you remember if they mentioned if that was the Arcane intro they played? I don't remember. I probably I don't blame was. you, but it, it, I don't know what else. Why else they would be there? Well, because than- didn't they also play something with like one of the guys from like Super Giant or something like that on stage, or was that somebody else? I don't I don't remember. Yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> like but still, like it's it's just a very catchy intro song and I like it and yeah, that's it, it is a very good show. I like I'm surprised at how much I've enjoyed it cuz I just I kept putting it off cuz I wasn't sure and because I had no interest or knowledge of League of, League of Legends. 
but like you don't need either of those. Yeah, you don't. It is it's its own story based off of basic stories of these characters because it's League of Legends. It's it's a MOBA. There's no actual set in stone like story mode or anything like that. It's just all like things that they've talked about in the background, but this is now like building upon that. And yes, I looked it up according to Looper, one of the songs they played was Enemy, which is the uh theme song for this show. Okay. Well that that makes more sense then. Um anything else you want to say about Arcane? It's just it's so good. I can't wait for you to finish it to know what you have to say about it. Yeah, I'm gonna try and finish it up tomorrow. Um just because I like I'm off tomorrow, so like fitting in those last two episodes shouldn't be too hard. I can like do that in the morning and then go about my day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in that case, how about this uh, this Matrix Resurrection? I want to know what you think about it. I want to know. I want to hear what you think about it first before I say what. I think. Um, I think it was very forgettable. Um, I didn't dislike it. I, like I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, but it just like nothing really stuck the way that I feel like the original three did. Um, I actually enjoyed some of the kind of meta that they had going on with it with like the matrix being a game in that reality and them talking about um remakes and remasters basically and being forced to do a new movie like i thought all of that was super interesting especially when you take into account um that like they literally dropped the name wb as the owner of this game company who is the owner of the matrix movies um but i felt like for a movie that was two and a half hours nothing really happened or got done like, it felt like just a lot of aimless wandering to get to a really cool moment at the end. Uh, I mean, I can I can understand that. I, 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 I can't agree with it, but I can understand that. I um, didn't dislike I, it, though. I would love to see... I would love to see the next one, because I feel like, as opposed to the original trilogy, where the first one was the best, and the sequels were kind of a letdown from, that, from them, I feel like this one set up what could be a very cool like second and third act. Yeah. Um I I, I agree with that. It, it 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 was a good movie. Like I enjoyed it. I, it was good. It was honestly kind of exactly what I expected a Matrix tri- uh Matrix fourth movie to be so many years later. It's exactly what I expected. Like very meta not only with them turning the Matrix and the the, the events of the Matrix in the previous um movie but just like over the wall, uh, uh, um, over the top exposition. Uh, fucking Neil Patrick Harris was great. He was fucking great. I, d- I did like him. I think all of the actors were actually like. I think all the actors and characters were good. I think some of like the the. I'm trying to like keep spoilers light since it, it did just come out last week or two, like a week and a half ago, I guess, from when we're recording. Yeah. Um, I think like the characters that were in it, this kind of surprises were were good. I just don't think that the movie really had like a good overarching story until the end. Like like the last like twenty minutes were really good, but and the first like half hour was really good. The stuff in the middle was kind of like it both felt too samey and just it like it didn't really know what it wanted to do or be. I I and I think that's on purpose because of the way they were portraying the story with the fact that uh, he spent a portion of his life believing that he was mentally ill. Like, I feel like they they filled in that middle part where it's like, where are we going from here? Because it's made to make you question what actually is going on. 
Like, are like, what side are you on? Are you on the side? And I know you said you're trying to keep from spoilers, but I'm I, I probably probably thought of as a spoiler. Are you on the side of like he's going through a psychotic episode when he's in the real world, or are you on the side of he's actually fucking Neo? And that's I think where they were trying to go with the middle portion of this movie is like they want you to question that for a little bit. Which I mean, like that is probably the case because, like I said, I think the meta stuff that they leaned into worked really well. It just there was this weirdness in the middle where it just felt disconnected from the rest of the story, and I feel like part of that is because it's there's a twenty year gap from between the, the two trilogies or close to twenty years. It's, where like not it's it's more than that. No, no, not in universe like in the real world. It's been twenty it, years. Well, since, yeah, for for us, yeah, it's twenty years. Like it's been tw- it's been almost twenty years since the Matrix Revolution came out. Um, so it's just. They have to find ways to make this story work with a cast that is obviously older. Um, but also, like, basically everyone was dead by the end. Of, like, like the main characters were dead at the end of, of Resur- or Revolution. Like, Neo and Trinity both died. Like, that's how those movies ended. Agent Smith was essentially dead. Um, Morpheus survived, but he was killed off in The Matrix Online. Which is a yeah. can- it's a canonical continuation of the story. Yeah, yeah. So like there was a lot of weirdness where they had to work around the fact that all of like the main characters from the original trilogy were either dead at the end or died later on. And not going into this like, all right, well, some time has to have passed because Keanu Reeves and, and Carrie Ann Moss are both twenty years older. Like they can't play thirty year olds anymore. They have to play forty, fifty somethings. Yeah. So like you have to write that into the plot too. And if you're writing that into the plot, any other characters that are still alive also have to have aged up. And then you run into mm. this like, okay, so how is this working? And I think they did a good job like working around that. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think they did a really good job um, with this movie as a setup movie. Like I wish it wasn't just a setup movie, but it was, it was, it was a setup movie for what's to come. I don't know how many movies they are planning. I don't know if it's another there, trilogy. There's or... no plan for more movies right now. Really? Yeah. They 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 left it open for at least one. Oh no, I mean 100%, but they also left it open almost identical to the way the first Matrix ended, and there wasn't a direct um plan to do sequels after the mm-hmm. first one. That's why it was several years well, before the the sequels. I mean, they they the first Matrix, they didn't really leave open specifically for a sequel. Like they didn't the way they left this one open for a sequel. Like, they flat out said, like, we've got work to do. We've got more work to do. Whereas, That's like, how the first Matrix ended. The first Matrix ended with Neo flying. No, like, it literally, Neo is on the phone talking to the machines at the end of the first Matrix, saying, like, I'm here, I'm not going anywhere, and then hangs up the phone and flies away. Like, literally, it's almost, it's, it's a different take on it. It is the same ending. Okay, I'll, I'll, I, it's been a while since I watched the original Matrix, so I'll have to refresh my memory. Because that. that's why that scene was so cool, because it's Neo now knows he is the one. Um, He just had his fight with Smith and, and, and the other agents in one. And then he is in the Matrix in, like, in like the, the Neo outfit, and he's on the phone, like, talking. I forget if he's actually talking to the machines or if he's talking to like other people in the matrix like i forget exactly how that was framed but it was basically one of those like i'm here i know where you are i'm like i'm i'm not going to stop until we win and then he hangs up the phone walks out does his like 
hand to the ground thing and then flies away and you're like mm-hmm. he can fly now and he he's going to stop the machines like yeah it's, it's almost almost identical like idea of an ending to this one mm-hmm. and that's not okay. a like i'm not saying that's a bad thing like i think this one was different enough but like hit similar notes to it where it's definitely a callback yeah and, and that's really a lot of what this movie was was a commentary on that um oh i mean it leaned really heavily yeah. into like commenting on just the world like it is now like at one point um i think it's neil patrick harris is character who like is obvious obviously part of the matrix like when when you see him he is in the matrix like that's it's a given um but he makes a comment about everybody's heads being all like down on their phones all clickety clackety or something like that um and it's like yeah no because i mean in and they even some of the other characters make reference like we don't need pay phones anymore to like get in and out and it's like oh yeah no that makes sense because how the fuck are you gonna find a payphone like (laughs) there's like six of those things left in the world and it wasn't even just payphones it was fucking landlines and no one has landlines anymore yeah but um, but the girl actually says payphones though yeah um but yeah you didn't didn't watch it right not yet are you planning on it probably yeah i I mean if you've seen the other ones like it is actually a pretty good continuation Mm mm-hmm and, like, it's interesting. Like, it's fun to see sort of the shots they take at just mod- both modern, like, living and modern cinema and the way that, like, everything's just a rehash of everything else now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, it's it's true. And, like, I'm pretty sure somebody says that, actually. Yeah. And it was... It was... It was... I liked it. And I I, I hope they do more. And I, I just... I liked it. It, um... At this point... Watching The Matrix might be a Christmas uh, Christmas tradition for me. <laughs> well, I mean, now you have to sit down and actually watch all the Matrixes. I mean, I, I, I could do that. One one Matrix every year. So I, I make it through the, the series every four years. No, I meant like every year you just sit down and watch all four movies. I mean... All, and all one, of the Animatrix. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the Animatrix is not that long. It's only, what, maybe an hour or two? I think uh, it's like an hour and a half, two hours, yeah. Like all of them are only, like they're all about two hours, except I think the last one that's two and a half. And and then and then I gotta play uh, I gotta play the Enter the Matrix um, MMO that's probably no longer on servers or anything anymore. Oh, so that hasn't play. been on servers for like twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> but I need to know how Morpheus dies. You're just gonna have to lo- just have to look up a video or something. Bullshit, bullshit. Um, but yeah, that's that's all really I've got to say about the Matrix. Unless yeah, you have it- any more. No, it I like I did enjoy it. Like it was not a bad movie. I just think it 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 floundered in the middle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that is probably an episode. Unless you guys have anything else. Nope. No, not at this time slot. At this time slot, <laughs> we're we're running two and a half hours. If we if we were <laughs> if we were shorter, I'd probably be able to talk about other stuff. But we're running two and a half hours. All right, fine. Um, so next week, as uh, Richie mentioned at the top of this. We are going to be talking about our book club topic, which is the No Clip Final Fantasy fourteen documentary. Um, you can check the the show notes for a link to that. It's like an hour and a half, I think, altogether, maybe two hours total. It's interesting though, especially if um if you have any knowledge of what happened with Final Fantasy fourteen back in like what was that twenty eleven to twenty thirteen ish. I I think I don't really remember. Yeah, it's something like that. Um. But other than that, uh, that'll be the end of the, the show. I'm trying to write down what time it is. And yeah, if you'd like to find more of our content, you can find us at... Uh, man, I am just doing bad right now. Jesus. 
If you'd like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with your dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places. Uh, Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. Those things all help a whole bunch. You can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo. And you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. Otherwise, we will be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you. Bye.